This just in, lightning caught on the freeway, currently being pursued by many, many police cars, including a helicopter. This just in, lightning, the subject of a police pursuit. This, my friends, is a reenactment of our earlier conversation. Holman, 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 are you there? Uh, why are there sirens? Uh, there's like 75 cops. They're passing. Oh, my God, I've never seen this many cops ever. You uh, are going to be late to the studio if you get arrested. We have a podcast to do. There's a white rental van that's being pursued. It's like a Chevy Express van, like a U-Haul van. It's got a big U-Haul rent me $29.95 per day. Quick, get off the freeway before they stop it. you got to get to the studio. I can't. I can't. Damn it, we have to do episode 159. (laughs) Uh, we are awful actors, but that no, that's is what basically what happened that's earlier. That's what happened. So I'm on the uh, 105 freeway that cuts right smack dab the, through uh, the middle of Los Angeles. Every cop in L.A. was on the freeway next to me. I can't believe how many cops there were. I mean, I've, I've never seen anything like it. Stolen van, stolen like U-Haul van. Okay. And it had its four-way flashers on. Oh, at least he was courteous. And cruised past me, wasn't cutting off any traffic, just <laughs> he flew past. Was he at the rev limiter on that uh, old van? You used to own one of those vans. I did, but mine had a Duramax. It just hauled balls. Well, you just said this guy was hauling. This guy was, but I'm guessing he had the uh, you know the, the six-cylinder, the one that just... But it, I don't I don't have a clue. So what you he, guys don't realize by, is, is here in Southern California, pursuits happen on literally a daily basis. There are actually dedicated uh, Instagram things for at LA Pursuits or something like that. Twitter. I mean, Twitter, all the stuff. People are on the scanners. It's a big thing to be in a police pursuit, and anything can happen from crashes to people. The best ones are the ones that go on for like two hours, and the dude's like circling his neighborhood and high-fiving his friends as he drives through with uh-huh. the with the cops behind him. And you've seen it all. It's, it's almost like a live movie playing out in front of you, and you don't know what's going to happen. And I am one of those people that have three or four friends, and I immediately text them and say, Pursuit! And they all know where to go to find it. And now the news people here in L.A. run the police pursuits on their Facebook, Facebook. channels yep. live. So if they don't show it on TV, you just go to your phone and you can watch it from the helicopter. What was the uh, six by six Ford Super Duty? Yeah, so that was owned by Marshmallow's yes. uh, manager. Yep. Uh, Marshmallow the DJ. His manager owned that six by six that he bought. Yeah. I guess originally was Heavy D's. Yeah, uh, some story Dave's, behind yeah, Dave Sparks it or something. It. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, and he ended up with it. So that was a pursuit. So you see, you know, you probably think of OJ when you think of LA pursuits, but literally a daily basis, and it'll be anything from the most high-end $250,000 6x6 truck owned by a celebrity to the lowliest of uh, Toyota a, Corollas. A, a rental van. Yeah, a rental a van. A freaking yeah. white rental. It was like Chevy Express. So I, I get uh, hours uh, usually of enjoyment. My wife knows, like if I'm late to dinner and I'm buried in my phone, she'll literally go, what, a pursuit going on? <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, yep. Or she'll text me from work, pursuit, and I know to go look for it. Well, and listen, so I could have called. I could have called eighty people. I didn't. It you wasn't just because I was going to be late. Well, I knew that you would want to know. Yeah, I, I I was involved uh, when I worked for the police department. I had a couple of times where I got to be uh, one of the police cars in the pursuit. That was fun. Uh, I was recently driving, and I mean, you shouldn't admit this because the statute of limitations might not be it. But what happened was I. There's a bunch of traffic right at the transition where I was at. It was late at night, and I'm like, I'm just going to sneak over to the carpool lane just for the flyover because then I can sneak back over, and I usually don't do that. Like, I'm very, very like, oh, double yellow, don't do it. Can't, carpool, it's a big fine. It's like $400 or something. For 370 your, I believe. Yeah, for your first offense. You don't want to get caught. 
But typically at night, you know, you're sort of safe. Like, just don't do it. So I do the flyover. And, and again, I don't really do this, right? So I'm a little bit, re- you know, cautious. And as the flyover comes into the carpool lane, on immediately on my butt is a car tailgating me that whips around the side of me. And it's a CHP. And I'm like, uh-oh. Like, literally, the second I hit the freeway, you're going the, down. the number one car right there is freaking CHP Charger. And I'm like, I'm screwed. Well, there goes 370 bucks of my hard-earned money. And this is going through me. It's like slow motion because now I'm like thinking, I'm like, all right, am I carrying right now? Am I... No, my windows. Where's my flasher? Like I'm about to go did, through did, the whole did thing. Did I tint my windows? Can he see? Well, I did. But right. um, so I'm thinking. All right, here's all the things. Like I'm starting to prepare for the pullover, uh-huh. and he is on my butt. Turns out, I merged into a pursuit, and <laughs> he's on my butt, and here goes the car. <laughs> did you hear that? And I'm ready. I'm ready. You know, I'm like, I, I it's my fault. I shouldn't have taken the shortcut. I the one time I do it, of course, is the time I'm gonna get busted. And then here comes a car, hundred miles an hour, boom, passes both of us, and the CHP passes me full lights and takes off after him. And then about a mile later, police car number one, police car number two, three, four, five, ten, twenty, helicopter, light on the freeway, and I'm going. I'm never going to ever go in the carpool lane (laughs) by myself ever again. (laughs) This was wild, though. Like, I I have been near them before, but when you see all those lights behind you and then the stream of cops just keep going and going and going, and you think- Did you poop? No, no. I wasn't that nervous or anything, but I was just like, why were there so many? And these weren't highway patrol. These were police. Yeah. LAPD. Why were there so many? Like, what? There was only one van. Well, he's probably a felony suspect, probably assaulted a police officer. Usually, if you have that many, usually it's like four or five. If you're getting up in the 20s, that dude did something, they really want him to stop. But why? What will 20 do? There's only one. I mean, even if it was a van full of 10 people, well, you know, you, like, yeah, but you gotta they're not going to. No, no, no. You still got to remember, if they have to set up a perimeter in a neighborhood, if the dude ditches the car and runs, you have to have enough officers on scene where they can set up a perimeter so the person can't get out. So there's a reason for that. It's not because they're going to go and beat some dude who's running from them. It's because from a tactical standpoint, A, you have enough people uh, and you can hopefully keep him from running into an innocent person's yard or house or keep him mm-hmm. confined to an area, that kind of stuff. So, I wonder if it was Graham from Go Fast Campers that was in that van <laughs> that was running to get to our show. Oh, do you think there was a Go Fast Camper hidden inside the van? Now it would have been on top. Oh, Okay. Well, did you see it on top? No. Well, no, I didn't. All right. Wasn't there. Well, it probably it wasn't Graham, yeah. <laughs> so that means he might be on time for the show, unlike us who are running super late because you tried to get arrested today. A little bit. I wasn't, well, I didn't try to get arrested. I, I Although, mean, a little bit. I was weaving in and out of the cops, so that was fun. No, I you wasn't. Were I wasn't. I wasn't. You I wasn't. were not. It's a Truck Show Podcast, episode number 159. I'm Lightning. He is Holman, and we're bad. No, 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 I'm just saying. Podcasting or <laughs> I'm just, just setting you up. General? I'm just warning you for the rest of the show that our guests are great. We're we are mediocre. Bad. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I think mediocre is that's that's good. Yeah. I think it's fine. It's like we're Tim Vanilla. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So first we have to thank our presenting sponsor, Nissan. By the way, I uh, next not week. vanilla and not mediocre. Next week. What's that? Wait, ne- what what? Next week's show. Big news. Next week. Are you did you already go to the thing I'm, and did that thing or you're about go, to go to I'm that about thing? to go to that thing. Embargo. So super excited. Um, I would tell you more, but I basically can't. 
Because then all those cops will be after you. <laughs> so, uh, big news next week. So you'll definitely want to tune in for the next Truck Show podcast. But for now, this is Nissan related. Yep. If you are interested in uh, purchasing a Nissan Titan or Nissan Titan XT with the industry's best five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, or the Nissan NV line of commercial vans, or the redesigned 21 Nissan Armada, head on over to NissanUSA.com, or of course, to your local dealer where you can check them out in person. And... Uh, Feel how nice those zero gravity seats are to sit in. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> you guys, don't do that. Don't do well, that. Don't well, rock back and forth like well, that. Well, I'm just upset because the seat I am sitting in now in the studio is nowhere near as comfortable as no, the these are like gravity. awful office chairs. They're the no, polar opposite. These are opposite. the worst office chairs. This is like a bar stool compared to the zero gravity seat nope. in the Nissan Titan. Nope, it's a pole compared to the zero <laughs> oh, gravity seat. We're sitting yeah. on a pole? We're sitting on poles. No, no. This is like a uh, the seat post of a bicycle. Yes, without, without a seat. seat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it just makes me yearn for the uh, <laughs> Nissan zero gravity seats. So again, uh, you can build in price at NissanUSA.com. Or uh, check one out in person. And then regardless of what kind of storage you're looking for for the back of your truck, Decked has you covered. Or your back. Uh, well, yes. <laughs> but I think right now we- We're I focusing we, on the truck yeah, today? Yeah, we trade, okay. yeah, we all should right, talk right, about right, the truck it, stuff. Got it. So you guys know about the twin drawer sliding system well, of that's course amazing. They do. Of course they do. Because our Motor Trend video that we did on YouTube has 322,000 views. Well, that's for the, the new toolbox. Yeah. I was just saying that you guys are familiar with the high-quality sliding drawer system that you can put 2,000 pounds on top of, but the new product that we've just recently debuted with Decked is their toolbox. So it's a crossbox. They're calling it a toolbox, and it is so industrial strong, nearly impossible to break into. It's designed to hold all of their luggage not what would we call it not luggage toolboxes toolboxes crossbox okay. crossboxes d-box d-box ladder dude i was gonna get to the ladder now you spoiled it yeah. so it's got a fold-out ladder like you know yeah, you don't have cool. to get the amp bed step so you can step on that to get in it comes with a retractable telescoping ladder yeah and so, you could just get right in so easily reach three quarters of the way across so everything has been thought out all right i just wanted to go through and uh, read a few of the comments that were left on our YouTube video. So this is the new decked toolbox yep. video on Motor Trend's YouTube channel. On Motor Trend's YouTube channel, somehow you and I made it onto the Motor Trend YouTube channel. So this is the one with like actual millions of subscribers and junk. Yeah, so I figured uh, we'll hit some of, you know, you go on the internet, obviously there's the people with the uh, snarkiest comment, but let, I, I believe I found, I filtered through here and found some comments from our Truck Show podcast audience. And are these people filled with scorn? No, uh, this one from Greg Madden. Great products. Looks like it'll last a lifetime. Great job, truck show boys. Hmm. Like that. Um, hi. That might be one of our, <laughs> one of our people. Uh, just says hi, that's it? It just says hi. Okay, hi. Uh-huh. This one's from Nice Garage. Good stuff. Been thinking about getting a whole deck system. All right, like that one. Uh, this fellow, uh, Walter Davis, says that uh, this feels like forced comedy. It was forced comedy. <laughs> now, was it real comedy? I don't know. Did you smile? If you so, laugh? I mean, come on. I hope yeah. people laughed, right? Uh, and by the way, we're totally fine if you're laughing at us. Yeah, that, that's part of the deal. I wasn't thinking about getting it until I seen those Dr. Peppers uh, in that toolbox. How dare you say Pro I seen. Product placement with in product placement, like a bad cut of the Inception movie. But yes, I want this toolbox now. The ladder seems extra helpful, too. And that was from uh, Jeff C.D.E. Baca. Again, these are, Debaca, maybe. these are comments on the, on the Decked yeah. Toolbox video on Motor Trend's YouTube channel. Yes. Here's one uh, from Old Trucks Work. Five stars with five star emojis. And then Zach Alexander writes, almost as indestructible as that fruitcake. Also five stars. <laughs> <laughs> 
Lance Jackson left us five stars. We got uh, Leadhander. Hey, aren't those the guys from the Dr. Pepper and Smoke Brisket podcast? <laughs> That's what we are, yeah. That sucks that people are going to know us for food instead of trucks. I love that, dude. That is so funny. I think uh, that's that's lead uh, hander. Uh, that's probably my favorite so far. What do you say? Smoke, smoked what? Uh, smoked brisket podcast. Okay. This one from John Benneman. I'm so impressed. That toolbox is perfect for everything in life. Thank you for doing your homework. I need to check it out in person. Great video. Mm. Well, I like that. I like that. I would prefer to think he doesn't know who we are. Uh, this one from James R. Does know who we are. Psh. Box probably cost four grips of cash and gave us six stars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this guy, uh, Dirty Max Parameters Mounted. That's definitely one of our guys. Uh, Lars checked in with, uh, glad you mounted those parameters. <laughs> I wonder if other people who are trolling these comments are, are wondering. Like, I don't get I the don't get whole it. parameter yeah. thing. Uh, Jonathan Surprise says, parameters and a yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. And then uh, Cameron Rayford, Jay Guthrie, Ryan Dixon, Chase Wendell all left us five-star reviews. Congratulations. You have earned five stars. Along with Venom Rebel. Uh, and then Jamie Smith says the acting was five stars. You guys really know how to mount those parameters. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Uh, so anyway, you guys are awesome. We really appreciate all the uh, all the support. Uh, my favorite, I think this is actually my favorite out of all the comments, and this is from Jason Gaynor who wrote, Great video. Still wondering when Greg turned into Chopper. <laughs> five stars. <laughs> five star review. Five stars. Uh, Wes Hussman, the parameters of this toolbox seem very high. Perhaps five stars high. Oh, nice. That's a nice way mm-hmm. to work that in there. Appreciate that. So anyway, uh, appreciate your guys' support and uh, supporting Decked. I talked to uh, our good friend uh, Chopper over there. He mm-hmm. said that the uh, the launch is going well. And, Chopper uh, is a different guy than Greg. Completely just so you know. different guy. Totally different guy. Uh, if you're, Nothing to do with it. They are distant relatives. Yeah. I think it's a sister's brother's uncle's was, milkman. The former mother's roommate. Okay, got it. What does that make us? What? Absolutely nothing. nothing. That's right. All right, uh, head over to decked.com and uh, you can check out the new toolbox in person. And of course, we can't forget to think Wait, our- no, they're not get- they can't check it out in person unless they drive up okay. to Idaho or or Ohio where they're made. Well, I just meant they could check it out without with in- their own eyes? With their own eyes without envisioning what we're saying. I see. Gotcha. Yeah, we okay. don't really paint very good mental pictures. No, for we people. don't. Of course, we have to thank our friends over at Duralast Parts, DuralastParts.com. Duralast is the leading brand in the automotive aftermarket, known for its OE quality, OE grade construction, but priced lower than OE. Trusted by hundreds of thousands of professionals and installed on millions of vehicles on the road today, more technicians choose Duralast parts, like their great line of brakes and brake rotors. For example, they've got Duralast pads and rotors. The rotors are direct OE replacement. They've got smooth, quiet stopping power. You can also get Duralast gold rotors, where the design mirrors OE physical characteristics like mass, configuration, and fin count. And they've got Z-clad coating, which provides rust protection and long life and eliminates pre-installation cleaning and withstands salt spray up to 120 hours without rust. And then where can I go to uh, find these wonderful automotive parts? AutoZone! Or DuralastParts.com. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck, because truck rides with The Truck Show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The Truck Show. The Truck Show, the truck show, oh, oh. It's the truck show with your hosts, 
Lightning, and Holman. We've got a lot to get to, Mr. Holman. Yep, like my haircut I'm getting tomorrow because I look like a homeless person. <laughs> I wasn't going to say much, but you do have the yeah. your sideburns are uh, they've extended past your headphones. Oh yeah, isn't that weird? Look at there are longer if you pull out than the ends of my headphones. Straight up Santa Claus right yeah, there. Dude, look at this. Like if I puff it all out and uh-huh. then I've got the weird thing where it's thin on top and then I've got like the clown hair around the back and it's yeah. all like it's like Sonic the Hedgehog, but not that cool. No, you've got. There's nothing aerodynamic about your head right I've now. I've got a. Uh, I've got. I have the ability to do a uh, a half a faux hawk. You know what you are right now? What your head is a is a a backhoe. No, no. I, it's I, like I, a, I feel like I, I want to take your chin and dig dirt with I it. I prefer uh, ste- <laughs> steampunk. I'm completely steampunk in my uh, in my hair. Uh, no, uh, no, no, no. I'm just happy just to get steam her and punk. Well, yeah, not well, steam yeah punk. no. If I was steam, I wouldn't have all these like wavy <laughs> curls and a squirrel living in here. It's it's crazy. Like I, I looked in the mirror this morning when I woke up. <laughs> I mean, I almost got in a fight with myself, wondering who the ugly homeless man was it in my house. Doesn't do you any favors. I'm gonna tell you this, kids out there listening. This is a uh, public service announcement. Mm-hmm. When you get older, wait, wait, hold on a second. I didn't know we we're getting into this. Public service announcement from Sean Holman. All right, here's the deal, kids. Um, you're right now, you're chasing strange and you're living life. <laughs> you're uh, you're doing you're doing all the things oh, that like, you what? should be doing at it's your just loop. It just died. It just turned <laughs> off. That's what okay, the hell happened? Get... Okay. You're you're living life. Um, it's amazing. Maybe you graduated from college. You have your first big job. You just got yourself a nice new car or truck. Uh, you've got a girlfriend uh everything is right in the world and you that should be you should be in your mid 20s early 20s started out by the end of your late 20s maybe it's time to get married and have a family it can maybe early 30s you hit 30 and they'll say ah 30 is the new 20 and you're like that's right i feel young and then when you hit 40 they go ah 40 is the new 30 don't you worry about that and you, and you buy into it and you go yeah that's right but something happens at 40 Hair starts to grow in weird places. Things pop like, you know, Rice Krispies, Snap, Crackle, Pop, that whole deal as a kid. That was not about the rice making noise when milk hit it. That was to get you ready for what was going to happen. To your joints? To yourself, yes. (laughs) And those morning noises wouldn't scare you. Uh But the thing that happens suddenly and without any warning is one day you will wake up in the morning and you will look in a mirror and that person looking back at you will absolutely frighten you. And this is what I don't get. At 6.30 a.m., I'm a homeless person that looks like I probably did an all-night bender after, you know, uh, uh, assaulting people. But by 10 a.m., <laughs> I'm fine. Like, I don't, the circles under my eyes aren't as bad, and I, my hair is brushed, I don't smell anymore. And then you go through life every day for about you know, 18 of your 24 hours thinking, ah, it's, it's good enough. And then you go back to sleep, and then you you reflect on your day, and then you go back in the mirror the next day, and you startle yourself, and the whole cycle goes. But the problem is, as you get older each day, before it was like four hours of realizing that was you, and then six hours of real. I'm at the point now where 50% of the time I'm realizing, I'm at the tipping point. I'm realizing that I'm at the point of my life, this is it. This is where everything goes downhill from right now. You know what I'm more concerned with, though? What? Is your wife. She's got to deal with this, that, that I'm sitting across from right now. Yeah. You poke fun at me, but you're just as big a disaster. No. 
No. <laughs> Don't go that far. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, you know who's not a disaster is our uh, good friend, friend. Graham, yes. Uh, well, you know, speaking of disasters, mm-hmm. you know what a disaster would be? No. What? Going camping for a week and realizing you left your tent in your garage. Well, then how are you camping? Exactly. But if what? you have a go-fast camper on your truck or Jeep, it's always with you. And if you're like me, where you wake up and your family runs from you or kicks you out of the house because they think you're a homeless person off the street, uh-huh. you get in your vehicle and you have a place to stay. It's perfect. And we should call Graham McPherson. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You have the phone, so you dial. Is this Graham McPherson? Yes, sir. How's it going? Fantastic. It's Lightning and Holman Truck Show Podcast. Hey, man. I heard you got chased by the cops. (laughs) (laughs) What does it take to be an entrepreneur? What does it take to be an entrepreneur? Quit your job and get a loan. And don't let anyone tell you you can. Go into debt and don't look back. Don't worry. There will always be another crappy job. This is what it takes to be an entrepreneur. Graham McPherson is an entrepreneur, that's for damn sure. Oh man, he's killing it over there at Go Fast Campers. And at, Graham, I was setting you up, talking about not only your exciting product lineup that just hit a couple weeks ago, but I also want to get into some of the business decisions and things that you guys have done recently that I'm really impressed with. You and I have kind of had the conversation. I went up and visited you, you showed me the operation, and I'm blown away what you guys have been able to accomplish up there in Montana. It's unbelievable. Well, thanks, man. Well, I definitely want to give credit to the rest of the team. It's definitely not just me up here. We've got a a really amazing staff that's kind of running the project, and I've got a super, super smart partner, uh, Wiley, who uh, is probably the brains behind the operation here. Yeah, Wiley took one look at my uh, my. So, just for people who don't know, I'm sure if you follow me on social, you know I have a, a my JL, and I've got a Rhino rack. Uh, backbone on it. And so I had talked to Graham over a year ago at this point, um, maybe a year and a half ago, and we were talking about ways of getting a one of his platform tents on a Wrangler because of the way they mount and they're not, uh, you know, it's, it, it's just not a perfect thing with the fiberglass top and stuff. And so worked with them to come up with a prototype mounting system so that we could put their platform tent really low on the roof. So a, it's out of the windstream. It's not sticking up way high, and there's less, you know, center gravity's lower and all that. And these guys came up with this really cool crossbar system that interfaces between the tent and the JL. And so I think to this day, maybe one or two JLs out there running a go fast. And I can't believe like how many questions and people are always asking me, "How did you get it mounted like that?" And Wiley came in and saw it in person because we had done this really over the phone and sending prototypes and I measured stuff and sent templates and then they sent me parts and we sort of did this back and forth to make it work. Did you make work. a cardboard cutout and send no. it up to him? You no, know I did. No. I went and bought a sheet of plexiglass and I marked the holes because I figured my, my issue was I wanted to get it exact and get the measurements just right, but I, because we're doing it over the mail essentially – I realized, oh, if I do plexiglass, I can see straight through, so I don't have to worry about measuring the trick. ends just right. And so I sent them templates that were plexiglass, and it worked out. It worked out awesome. So you know, Wiley saw my uh, my Jeep setup in person, and he kind of walked around, and he kind of, you know, his hand on his chin, and made some notes, and he kind of looked at some stuff. He goes, 
yeah, I know how to make this better. And then he walked away and never saw him again. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like Wiley, exactly. Holman, how did you find out about GoFast Campers? Because they've been on your radar for, I feel like, as long as we've been doing the show. Yeah, Yeah, so I actually met Graham at uh, Overland uh, Expo one year. I was introduced by our buddy Jerry at Camberg. And so, and Jer- then Graham ran away. He's like, "No, no, no, no!" Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was uh, it was cool. What I was really interested in, for those of you who don't know, go fast campers and and the whole like overlanding scene is these guys sort of made the first huckable camper system, lightweight rooftop tent integrated into the top and designed where you could take, let's say, your Raptor or your TRD Pro Tacoma over the whoops and not have to worry about it. And and that was what was super innovative about the product at the time. And it's still because it was lightweight, didn't take up all your, you know, all of your uh, payload, so you can still have your truck be a truck. And they just took off, and so uh, Jerry had it on his Raptor, and he's, I'm like, man, that thing's really cool. He goes, oh, they're here. Let me introduce you to Graham. Got talking to Graham, and then over time, we've had Graham on the show before, so if you kind of want to hear Graham's family history, it's really, really cool. Um, in a previous episode, but what you guys are doing now is you just raised the bar. For the whole industry, and that's not a euphemism. No, no. Okay. There's lots of bars that are raised okay. in this uh, in this new product. <laughs> a lot of bars in our Be- product. Beef really. bars, yeah, yeah. A lot of bars in your product, and uh, <laughs> and and the beef is going uh, even higher on this one. Yeah. So we just launched the V2 product line, which we're really really amped about. Um, and it's really kind of like the if our V1 is the Tesla Roadster, this is our Model S. So kind of taking what we learned from our initial product and taking our past at like what a company with more resources um, and more engineering bandwidth is able to accomplish with all the data we learned in the last few years building campers. We've got, I mean, we're, we're still a pretty small company. We've got like 45 people on staff now, but we've, six of them are engineers. So that kind of shows like our bias towards manufacturing. Um, and the V2 product is just evident of that. It's, it's a super, the, the, the core change behind the product is everything is switching from welded tube assembly, which is, proven and super strong in off-road and race applications into a uh, aluminum extruded design that's fully machined that bolts together, but it bolts together in a way that's really unique to our product and much, much, much stronger than what you'd typically expect out of an aluminum assembly. So when I was up there, you guys said, hey, um, we're going to, you did some updates on my camper and went out to lunch and you're like, hey, I want to show you some stuff. Uh, You can't talk about it yet. But I just kind of want to get your your idea and kind of show you what we're up to. And I was blown away at what I saw. And if you go to uh, gofastcampers.com, there's some videos and stuff. Uh, check it out. Um, Graham kind of explains the new camper. But the thing is, like, do you remember, like, let's say you're a kid. And maybe you went to your your parents had some best friends that you go over to their house for dinner or something. And they had, like, those Japanese wood puzzles. Where you know everything had to go together a certain way, and it made like a star. And there's like that one piece of wood that if you didn't orient it right, you couldn't figure out how to take it apart or or get it together. That sort of not only did they move away from welded steel, but they went to aluminum, which is super lightweight. But because of the way aluminum can fatigue and and other things are the drawbacks, they designed this system that allows the joints to carry the load, and it's like uh, Japanese furniture inside these machined extruded aluminum tubes. So super lightweight, super strong, but engineered. So the way the structure and the joints hold all the, uh, you know, all the stresses, it can still stand up to everything the old camper could while being way, way lighter. It sounds to me like they made a- uh, Spaceship. An al- no, aluminum <laughs> Rubik's Cube. The way a Rubik's Cube fits sort together of. in its grooves. 
I right? mean, it's, and it's yeah, a pain in the ass to get apart. <laughs> and the assembly process now is super fun. I mean, it's, it's really neat to see these things go together because it's kind of like a, if a Lego kit, I mean, Lego kits are super satisfying when you like snap all the pieces and the new, the new tents, no exception. Everything just bolts together and all the tolerances are held within like five thou. And it, it's kind of amazing to watch the whole, the whole thing assembled because we can, build a camper now once all the machine components, which I think there's 600 individual components on the V2 camper oh, and oh, one can get assembled. Our target time right now is two hours. So being able to pop all those parts together, um, due to like the, the way that it's designed is, is a really satisfying and pretty quick process. Tell me about your, your engineers. We're going to get in all the, uh, the rooftop temps and everything you offer, but I want to talk about the culture there because it sounds like Holman and I will get in. Uh, for example, we were in a, uh, I don't know, what was that Mercedes? A, a big, not a G-Wagon. It was a, a GLS. G, yeah, GLS. And we took it to out to Arizona. And on the way there, we're playing with every button switch knob in this AMG. And the cup holders would come out like origami. It just wasn't a cup holder that just opened up. It came out and did this incredible, like, it unfurled in many different ways. And and just the freaking cup holder, someone at Mercedes anguished over. Cared for, about it. Cared about this thing. And the, the geometry, the, the the I can't even imagine the CAD file that made up just this cup holder. Absolutely, yeah. Right? And so it seems like you're going down that same path where you almost obsess over the way that the parts are crafted. Oh, you can see it when you look at the parts, the machining, the tooling, the machines they've bought, the things they're doing in-house. I had a chance to go to like this top secret R&D you know, test cave where they're doing this stuff out of the public eye. And did it have a waterfall in front of it, and then the spaceship flies through the waterfall uh, well, and reveals all the machines inside? I did have to go past uh, this uh, round room that had a white cat on a black chair. I assume that's where Graham sits and pets. The that's what Wiley, cat, that's right? what Wiley says, actually. <laughs> oh, is that Wiley? Uh, Wiley is the cat. Wiley parts, yeah. Oh, wait. Is, <laughs> the, is the cat hairless? It's a cat. It's, 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 much, yeah, yeah, it's definitely hairless, um, which is amazing. He's like, I have a cat. I'm like, there's no cat hair on any of your black sweatshirts. Um, no, so I go back there, and- what they're the, the every piece is is beautiful. I mean, everything you look at, whether it's the accessory brackets that go into the channels, uh, because there's slotted channels on the side of these things for hanging all sorts of different stuff off of, or it's the pieces of the tent. You can tell they were agonized over. And the V2 is really cool because of all the little design changes that add up that make a really big deal. The way the hinge is now in the front, the way the locking mechanism is for latching down the tent is different. The uh, the struts that hold it up are now on the inside of the tent instead of the outside, out of the elements. When you fold it, the, the fabric inside more easily folds up because of the way it's assembled. So you don't have to go around and like have a buddy on one side push stuff in while you're trying to pull the, the, the tent fabric down. I right. mean, it's just... Everything got touched, and it's it's really bitching. Graham, how often um, are, are the engineers there creating something in a, a 3D environment, but that can't be made, or that just wouldn't be cost-effective, and you have to dial it back a little bit? Well, so every engineer that we hire is a good engineer, and there's a lot of engineers that come out of school designing square holes drilled into fixturing that's impossible. Like, you know what I mean? So like we, we really focus on design for manufacturability, so our, our engineering team has very realistic goals. And then I think Wiley and Stefan, who's the head of our engineering department, really elevate like what that vision can be for the product. And then they work with our marketing team and 
kind of figure out how to place that product in the market and then really just, I mean, set super, super high goals for the product. So what Wiley is really uniquely talented at, um, in my experience working with him, um, is seeing a whole new approach to how to like solve a problem. Cause like most people would never think about solving this aluminum extrusion in this way and doing this load distribution in this way. And just his, his approach to that kind of stuff is really unique. And I think the engineers are stoked to be a part of a vision of something that's not just derivative of other designs. So you're not just going to get another sheet metal part that every other manufacturer makes. Are you trying to use off the shelf parts or is that just not a concern? So we do virtually everything in house. Um, to the point where the most recent engineering hire is a chemical engineer to start developing actually manufacturing tools that live outside of just our manufacturing process, which is part of a bigger manufacturing conversation. Um, but we build absolutely everything that we possibly can. So we try to minimize off the shelf components just because they're typically not designed specifically for application. And we like to take ownership of every single part. And you guys also listen to your customers because even throughout the run of V1, you made a, a number of updates, everything from your embassy hinge on the side panels to changing the fabric on the tent. I think you guys are on. Uh, well, what's the embassy hinge? So they had an original hinge was like uh, one of those plastic, uh, I don't know what the proper engineering term is, but it's like a. It's polyolefin. Yep. Yep. And so. Like a book binder almost. Yeah, there you go. And so over time, they had an issue with some of the campers where that the hinge would tear. And so they went back to the drawing board and came up with this new en- embassy hinge, which is like a uh, um, a toothed gear, but lengthwise, like through the hinge. And so when you open it up, it now goes like this. Oh, and it so doesn't have... All right, so for those of you that can't see, yeah. it's Holman's holding out two hands, <laughs> five fingers, and rotating his fingers together like a gear. Yeah. So if you look at it, it's like yeah, gear. The it's called the embassy hinge is because it's the... Basically, that geared hinge mechanism is the only embassy-approved bomb-proof door uh, hinge mechanism um, in, like, actual physical embassies around the world. So it's a hinge that can be damaged in certain sections and still function really well. So if you get dust and rocks and dirt and all the grit and grime you see off-road, it's going to hold up really well to that. That's interesting. Now, what, you would think that in that type of hinge mechanism where your gears, you need it to be perfectly oiled and clean or it'll just bind up. I don't. I don't really stand. What what well, prevents I think it from being shape, bound? I think the shape of the teeth matter because you can, by the shape of the teeth, you can eject certain things out of there. So they're but, rounded. But the nice thing is it's not oiled, so there's nothing. There's like the maintenance. You don't have to worry about the maintenance because it's the two pieces are shaped that way, basically a male and a female, or or one side and the other, and they just go together. And that's just the basic shape of each side, rather than saying, oh, well, I have to have a ball bearing or I have to have a Zerk fitting to grease it or none of that's required. So you have the super sturdy hinge for their side doors that doesn't require that kind of maintenance. And then you're not leaking oil all over everything. And it's really fascinating. And there's an incredible amount of like strength in that hinge and force that is exerted to that contact point. So like during testing, we were throwing like um, stainless steel quarter 20 hardware into the geared hinge and (laughs) operating it. And it would completely like foobar and destroy the teeth in the sections that the, the screw would go into. But it, the rest of the hinge would continue working and compensating for it. So it's, a, it's called a fully mortise geared hinge. It's the first automotive application to my knowledge of that tech. Um, but basically what it does is it, it, it distributes that load in a way like a stainless steel piano hinge without any of like kind of a janky rattly compromise that you typically see with like a piano hinge. It sounds like it would also give you 100% perfect alignment. Exactly. That's super robust in that way. 
And so that's just one of the changes that they've made during the production of uh, v, uh, the V1 camper. Like I said, I think they're on version three of the tent, the way they sew it, the, the fabric, um, which is really cool. The, the way they do the doors, the way they zipper things. They're, um, now when you roll up the door, there's a carabiner and a loop that holds everything up. In the early days, because of the way the corners were, were made, basically you would have to tuck in the sides and there was a bungee that was needed on the later versions there wasn't need, the bungee wasn't needed any longer because of they got more efficient in how they sewed the shape of those corners and so these guys have a huge following of like really rabid fans out there who are early adopters and they're they're really like you know have bought into the brand and so they've gone back and they've had a product improvement tour where they send a guy out to different regions of the US and they're updating people's campers with these new hinges and parts and things like that. And it's just amazing yeah, and, to see that customer service. Yeah, and to like kind of expound on that, I think our customers hold us to a super high standard. And because we make a lot of big promises, we say we're the strongest camper ever built, like we're the best camper on the market. We make a lot of claims like that, and we fully intend to stand behind that that uh, that speech because – like what we were talking about earlier with the poly Olsen hinge, we were having failure rates in the 20%. I mean, they were terrible. Like it's a, it's a full recall type position. And I mean, what we could do is go out and fix it and make like a slightly modified version of our current thing and kind of get it dialed in and still deal with a small failure rate. What we decided to do is actually drive around the country. And I mean, in our explicit warranty terms, it says online, like if you want to get your camper fixed, you have to bring it back to Bozeman, which is kind of like a cover your ass kind of a deal. Right. Uh, but what we ended up doing is designing this new embassy hinge that's retrofittable onto all of our existing customers' campers. And we're currently driving around the country at no cost to the customer, driving people's houses and doing the installs in their driveway. So oh we're, we've got a, a full-time employee right now, uh, Big Mike. Big Mike! Who's <laughs> the best. And he's literally, dri- right now he's in the Pacific Northwest. He's doing some Instagram stories and literally in a guy's barn, like taking his camper apart, putting it back together. So like when we said we sold you the strongest camper ever built. We meant it. And we, we failed in, on those hinges a hundred percent. But like in order to solve that problem, we're coming to your house to fix it. So it's not like some BS thing where it's like, well, as long as you drive back to Montana, it's free, but it's going to cost you $900 otherwise for us to drive to you. We're totally eating that cost and standing behind our, our word. Let's talk about the material for a second, because I think a lot of uh, the, your competitors, they fall apart when it comes to the the material, the nylon, or forgive me, but what whatever that the material is. In Are you that talking about for the, the fabric on the on the tent itself? I am. So one thing to note is with the Go Fast campers, it's super easy to replace your tent at any time. So if you want an updated version, you can actually buy that from them. Does it zip it's, out it or what? It snaps out. Yeah, okay. the new one has a different type of a uh, a design in it on the V two where it's it's more locked in, but they're super easy to replace. Um, there was a uh, on on my platform tent. There was a loop missing, and I, I, when I was up there, I'm like, hey, can you guys just uh, put a loop in? They're like, oh, we'll just swap out your fabric and, and fix it. Bam, done. I mean, it's not a big ordeal. Everything on the camper is, is replaceable and really high quality. So I've got, I guess, is mine a V2 tent or is it a, a 3? The iterations are like 1.1 through 1.5 for that era of tent. Okay. So I think yours is a 1.5 fabric Okay, and on a V1 uh, tent. So the, the cool thing about making this stuff in our, in, in this country and in house is that we're able to constantly iterate designs. So a V1 camper, like our first camper from that shipped in spring of 2017 is going to have a lot of small, different design tweaks compared to a V1 camper that shipped last month. So what we're able to do is we're able to like iterate based on feedback, based on experiences, based on any design change you want to make. So you're not dealing with 
containers and containers of stuff that's shipped in, shipped in from China and we're having to sell through this because we own it. You know what I mean? So like if, if you're a rooftop tent company and you're just importing things from Alibaba, I'm going to buy the MOQ, the minimum order quantity of 500 pieces. And even if I don't like something about the product, I have to sell it because I already have it. You know, like I can't say, Hey, I'm going to send this back to China, get it tweaked, bring it back to this country because the majority of your cost for the consumer is going to be in that one time shipping expense and the customs imports. And they ain't taking it back. So building stuff in this country isn't just like an effort in patriotism. It's also an effort to have the best possible product. And that's another thing too, is we're striving through these advanced automation manufacturing approaches that Holman was talking about in order to become globally competitive and in the market based on price, not just, we're not expecting people to buy our products because like rah, rah, go America. Well, that's totally cool. We understand that people have like expenses and they have budgets and we can't have like a $20,000 camper just because it's made in USA by, by union workers. So our big effort is to continually drive our prices down while concurrently actually bringing our employee salaries up. So the beginning of this year in January, we actually raised our minimum wage at the shop to $25 an hour which is actually three times minimum wage here in Bozeman and about double the wage of like any comparable manufacturing facility in our town. So like, if you look at like, Oh, they're clapping. Hold on, hold on. Wait, they're, they're clapping. Crazy. Oh, you hear that guy hooting and hollering in the back? Sit down. <laughs> That's enough. All right, there you go. <laughs> we had a, we had a crowd cheering for you. I don't know if you could hear that Graham, but we had a crowd uh, cheering for you in the background. <laughs> oh word! No, basically, like our, our whole goal is to is to not just pay our employees well, but to expect so much of our employees and figuring out the automation tools, figuring out how to like eliminate that middle management at our company in order to basically become globally competitive. And the way that we can do that is through automation. So we end up having these robotic arms that run our CNC machines, and one man can operate four of those machines, get paid really well, and then we eliminate those menial tasks of like running around with a torque wrench and just being the parts loader. That's just the person flipping parts in and out of the product, if that makes sense. What was amazing that when I went there, Graham showed me the robot arm, and it actually pushed me out of the factory. It says, you can't be here. (laughs) Oh, I want to meet the guy who programmed it. They're getting smart. It picked me right up by my uh, GoFast hoodie and put me right back outside. Did it try to trim your beard (laughs) while you were there? Uh, No, that's my secret weapon. I was going to put beard flakes in it and and jam it up. Gotcha. (laughs) Yeah, we actually just ordered two more of those robots that you saw, Holman, and then... Do they high-five each other? Because you got to have GFC parties where the robot arms high-five, and that's like the big thing for all the employees right there. Is I, it's like, I think they're starting to talk to each other at night. <laughs> do you do any ballet with the robot arms? Because I've seen where like at, at Toyota or, 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 or Nissan or something where they get all the machines and they just and they dance. So, you know here, what I mean? Here at Motor Train Group, we've got, a, we've got a bell that we ring. So if there's good news, somebody goes in the middle of the floor and rings a bell. I think if you guys that go fast have good news, the mm-hmm. robot should high five. Yeah, exactly. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing you guys, you would figure out a way to do that. I think our engineers are too busy rolling out V2 right now to be, <laughs> to be programming dancing robots. But that could be something in the near future. Just in case you need to grow uh, your YouTube, I think that's the way to do it. That is not a bad idea. That's really crazy. Over coffee for you. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go through the product line really quick, Coleman. Uh, we, we talked about the V2. That's the latest, greatest. The price on something like this, uh, we're talking about what, the high sixes, low $7,000 range. Is that right? Exactly, yeah, for the camper. Okay. And then for the rooftop tent, 
It's right around 3000 bucks for the platform rooftop tent, which is the metal frame tent. And then we just rolled out this, uh, in the past few months, the super light tent as well. So we have this, this new kind of entry level tent that's $1,200 and it's the lightest, most affordable, most functional, uh, hard shell rooftop tent kind of on the market in the space. It's a, uh, it's a hard shell. It only weighs 80 pounds. It's like a hard shell, but yep. then covered in fabric. Uh, I actually, when I was up there, uh, the type of R&D that Graham does is he lets it blow off the top of his truck while driving down the highway and then get run over <laughs> yep, by exactly. another car. On purpose. Yeah, on purpose. Totally on purpose. And then he goes back and makes a U-turn and picks it up, and because it's only 80 pounds, he's able to wrestle it back on top, mm-hmm. brings it back to go fast, and then we all stand around and go, wow, there's almost no damage and it still works. So. That was not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> but it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> True story. Yeah, it happened. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so uh, let's talk about, uh, so the Superlight's huge. That's this the perfect uh, starter rooftop tent. I would call that maybe like a two or three, you know, maybe a three season tent. But it's, what do you mean by that? It's only it's going to last three no, seasons. No, 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 no. It's not. You know, you don't don't necessarily <laughs> want to use it in a blizzard or something okay, like that. Like it's okay. more of a lightweight. I don't design. know. Actually, you I, could. I, I would I, I would still recommend it as a four season tent from like a traditional four season definition. But it's nowhere near as convenient as like the platform tent. So if you're somebody that's like wants to have a quick, easy setup and you're going to go camping a lot. Our platform tent is really hard to beat, but if you're kind of the person that's like really budget conscious or is maybe a more occasional weekend warrior person or somebody who's used to like camping in like a bivy sack anyway, um, you're gonna love it. The super light's a a pretty solid product, but yeah, it'll hold up to all the all the wind, snow, and rain that our platform line will as well. And because it's so light, easy for people want to take it off their their rides and store it in the garage, maybe things like that. Uh, But the cool thing is, what is it like? The only component that's not USA is the fabric or something. Everything else is still made here in house and uh, in the U.S. Which I'm surprised by that they do make some really high quality fabrics here in the U.S. Yeah. So basically, the the big thing for us was scale. So we weren't able to scale the V2 product line internally quick enough and hire enough people and build out our fabric assembly facility in order to satiate the demand for this product because that, that product line is in the, the thousands of units per year. And it's just, that, that's a whole new scope of manufacturing process for us. It is something we're planning to bring back internal, but we're very transparent with the fact that the Superlight fabric is internationally sourced, whereas our camper platform product lines, all that fabric is sewn in-house. Literally, when we're, you're talking about manufacturing in-house, it's even the people sewing the fabric for the tents are doing it right there in, in Montana, which is incredible. Well, when, when you started this, um, how did you reach out to, what kind of ad do you put out? Like seamstress? Like how do you find someone that specializes <laughs> in this? Well, I mean, or, or a seamster. A seamster, right? <laughs> we started with a seamster, Tom, who's uh, actually been aftermarket parts on an Oakland for GSTs now. So he started his own business after he left our company, which is super rad and something that we encourage. But um, Bozeman actually has a really robust manufacturing scene, which is pretty awesome. So we have companies like Mystery Ranch, Sitka, Sims, uh, that are all based here. And we were able to develop some products with um, a gal, um, Mojo, who did a lot of R&D prototype testing for like Yeti soft coolers and stuff like that. And kind of got our patterns figured out. And then, um, honestly, we, we had a lot of people that had no previous experience and figured it out. So <laughs> a lot of like a, a lot of what we did was hire people that maybe had sewn before, maybe, but not really in like a design and like setting up an entire sew shop experience facility. And 
kind of figured it out. And that's been a lot of what we've done, we've done here at the company. Like we have a, we have a really strong background in, in metal and machining. Um, but a, a lot of these processes are new to us and we immediately from the jump started doing everything in house. So the first machine that we bought was actually a fabric plotter to cut out fabric. So we, we never, we never started by outsourcing those, those processes because we knew that it was such an integral part of our company's story and our company's product development in order to do this stuff in house. If we started offshoring that or sending it out to other vendors, we would never learn and iterate as quickly. Just as a side note here, yeah. I'm looking on his Superlight page yeah. on GoFastCampers.com. Uh-huh. I cannot get past the bright red OBS Ford trophy <laughs> oh, truck. That thing is bad. Dear Lord. Yeah. I'm sorry and to take this sideways, but I, I can. in California right now. I'm is getting cracked for Nora, and we're going to race Nora this year with it. Yeah, and camp every night. Wait, wait. Who, who owns it? What's the story? That's our truck. So Solar Motorsports built that like five years ago. So it's an LS3 powered um, Ranger with it's full, basically full tube, but it's still metal body. And we're building it into the first off-road racing camper. So you've or, got a race first. with someone in the camper. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Yeah. Can we get I heard a volunteer. Well, you know what's funny? They have a <laughs> they have a new mattress coming out, and we could duct tape you to it, and it would see how the comfort is oh, over uh, two hundred miles or whatever. Nora Lightning! Is. I got Tempur Pedic in the back here. Just hop in. I would I would be like Even scrambled one eggs. Of you guys can totally do it. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd rather drive. <laughs> Although our bodies have enough cushion on them, so I think we'd probably be okay. What do you say, uh, we? I'm not going up there with you. <laughs> Gotcha. What do you think? The best thing about you guys, dude, the, high center of gravity. The, yeah, well, there'd be a real high center of gravity, the two of us up there. What I'm saying is the best part about having my GFC platform is I'm by myself. And I, it's like a, it's literally the size but longer of a full-size bed. I think it's like a two inches narrower or something like that mm-hmm. and way longer. Man, camping up there, you're like, yep, you know, windy, no problem, rain, no problem. You you know it's just it's just a nice place to be. I I've been on my in fact on my way up to go fast last time. I stopped off in Idaho next to a river on a boat dock and pointed my my tail toward well, the river. I remember when you were woken up a few times, <laughs> which of course Graham has no control over. Right? No, but that that, that was on the way there. That wasn't Graham's fault that the uh, the guy was listening to a Seinfeld podcast while putting his duck hunting boat in the uh, water at three a.m. But. Um, no, I woke up and just a gorgeous views. I, I, you know, have both doors unzipped. I've got the back door unzipped. I'm looking out and at this just river going, you know, <laughs> life ain't so bad. You know, uh, dumb question as I'm, uh, as I often ask, what about ladder situations? Do, do you guys offer? You jump. They actually provide a go fast camper trampoline. Oh, got that's it. That's also made in house and you just have to clear your spare tire to get in. I back. see. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's a liability, actually, <laughs> but it's worth it. Um, but we offer a uh, we offer a lot of that's really similar to what a lot of other manufacturers have. That is not a product that we make in house. It is something that we want to to make a little bit better long term. But our, our solution does work really well. We basically have a ladder hook that ties into the existing extrusion. Um, but really, the the hot ticket is if you can put, put like a hatch ladder on your vehicle. That's what I run on like my wife's Forerunner when we go camping. Like a, a fixed ladder is just such a convenient thing to have. And with the ease of opening it, you're not dealing with like, you're not doing circus tricks on top of your ladder. You know, you just pop two pins, lift the roof and it's open in like three seconds. So you're not, which, which is really nice. Cause a lot of tents on the market, you're like standing up on this ladder, trying to lift this giant heavy wet bag over your head and not fall off in the wind. <laughs> and uh, the GSC is a, a really nice alternative to that. 
Yeah, one of the things I like about having the wedge-style camper is the fact that, obviously, setup is literally unlatch two pins, let the uh, the struts lift it. It takes seconds. And then, really, maybe two or three minutes to put down. So if you're in, like, overlanding setup where you're not camping in the same spot very long every day, you're moving with your group or yourself to get to the next place, it's really convenient because it's camp is easy, you know, set up and tear down. Whereas, you know, traditional tents, you're having to repack everything and it's going to take you some time. So you're able to get on the road a lot sooner and gives you, you know, more of a chance to enjoy breakfast and then quick tear down and you're, you're back on the trail, which I, I really appreciate. From what I'm seeing here um, on your socials and on the site itself, you're killing it with Toyota guys. What is it about the Tacomas and Tundras, mostly Tacomas, it looks like here. What is it about that crew? You know, we... we Holman and I often joke about that we don't talk about the Toyota fans, the Toyotas guys enough. Um, but what can you bring us inside? How you see it as a manufacturer, the Toyota crowd? Yeah, I think the Toyota guys have really taken an affinity to camping in a way that the other markets haven't yet. I think there's a lot of great platforms from companies like Ford and Chevy and and Jeep especially that are that they're making great products for that space. But Toyota has such a great heritage of reliability and kind of getting out in the middle of nowhere. And like with the 79 series troopies and the land cruiser heritage and kind of all the international travel that's been done in Toyota's, I think that's kind of in the blood of people that, that run Tacoma and Tundra in a way that it's not quite yet in other spaces. Like if you look at like hashtag overland or something like that on Instagram, you're going to see mostly Toyota product. Um, that said, I'm, I'm probably as much of a Ford guy as I am a Toyota guy. Um, but Toyota has really taken a ton of the market share from even probably from Jeep in t- terms of like the modding community too. So there's just a really, really strong aftermarket where people are kind of like moving away from maybe like a Subaru or something that's a little bit more crossovery into that space and looking to go camping and get out and explore. And I think Toyota's done a great job of, of reaching that demo. I would also add that, you know, Tacomas usually have like 1,200 pounds of payload. And one of the nice things about the GoFast stuff is it's lightweight. So you're not taking away from a lot of your payload in order to run the camper and, and have shelter. You know, what, what's a V1 uh, Toyota short bed uh, camper weigh versus a V2? Because I know there's definitely some weight changes between the two. Yes, yeah, so like a V1 camper for a Tacoma and a five foot bed length is probably around like 310 pounds ish. And which is already light, you know, that's not a heavy camper. That's the lightest in category. Super light. And the, uh, the V2 is right around 240, 250. So it's a lot lighter, which is notable. And most of that weight's taken from that upper assembly. And to be honest, I, I mean, I've driven Toyotas with heavier campers than the GFC. It, you really notice it. Yeah. Even with the, with the V1 GFC, like it's, it's not unnoticed on like a F one fifty or something. You're not really going to see it, but on a Tacoma, like 300 pounds makes a difference. So being able to even pull that down further is going to make that driving experience even better. But I mean, there's so many guys out there that are like putting four wheel campers in Tacomas and it's like, there's just no way that's going to hold up. I mean, people bend rear axles, like those trucks just, I mean, so it's really efficient at using the minimum amount of steel on their frames <laughs> 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 for a very long time. Right. And, uh, 
And what? like when you start to see people with like a thousand pounds in the bed, you're like, oh my, this yeah. is not going to end well. Did you see that truck house like mini earth roamer deal that's being built? The first thing on the Tacoma platform that came out a couple weeks I ago. Did. The first thing I thought I was that's rad. And oh my God, what's the gross vehicle weight rating overage on that thing? A crew fabricated rear housing in that thing. And it looks like they've got a total chaos front LT kit. But I'm really curious what they're doing for chassis reinforcement. Because the reason those old Sun Raiders were so good was because Toyota used to make a one-ton truck. Right, exactly. Like those, little, those little Toyota pickups were one-ton trucks, whereas the new trucks are like barely half-ton. You know, I mean, it's it's striding line between a mini truck and a half-ton truck. So, I, I mean, the, the product looks thought out. So I'd assume that they have that covered, especially at the price point. Um, it does seem to be a neat thing, though. I, I was pretty impressed. Yeah, no, it's the, the design is awesome. I just, for me, yep. it's almost as wide as a as a full size. And if I'm going to go to the midsize truck platform, I'm going to want something narrower because with a midsize, I'm going to want to take it places. So I was a little bit surprised of the overhangs on the side that were wider than the body. So that's one of those things that I'm oh, super dude. curious about. Yep. Well, 100%. And if you take a Toyota Tacoma and you put a fabricated housing in the back, I mean, what's that? Eight nine thousand dollars. Yeah, and then you do a long travel kit up front. You're like twenty k oh, yeah. into just suspension and driveline and and all of those components. So you had twenty k to a TRD Pro Tacoma, which is forty forty five grand. Up, yeah. You could be into a seven point three F two fifty with a Carly kit that's going to work better. And like you're saying, it's the same footprint. So like, I mean, I think that's like. That is Toyota for the sake of Toyota, yeah, not Toyota for the sake of anything else. Yeah, I think the idea um, is solid. I think the platform was wrong with what they're trying to do because I think there's some other platforms out there that would serve that purpose better in the midsize space. And then you look at it and you go, okay, so that's obviously more next level. That's like above like a four-wheel you know, slide in or something like that. But then you look at you know the GFC, the nice thing about it is it's within the footprint of the truck. So you're not giving up any of that off-road capability or being able to squeeze into those tight places if you want to go that little bit deeper down the trail or do something a little tougher. That's what's nice about the GFC setup is you're not, you're not limiting your capability in that way. Well, if you want to park it in your garage, yeah, like, well, that's I don't know about you, but I don't have 11-foot garage doors. Yeah. Um, and also, like, I mean, in those giant expedition rigs, most times people are going to spend time going to a city on a trip. And like, if you go into San Francisco or something like that, you're going to park at the Walmart, like two cities outside of it and have to Uber into town with like an earth style vehicle. So the cool thing about the GFC is like, you can still go to a hotel and not feel like an idiot for spending a quarter million dollars on a sprinter van. You know what I mean? <laughs> so there's a, there's a lot of value there. And especially like, I mean, we live, we live in Montana, so it's nice to like, go to a city somewhere outside of town pre COVID anyway. And like my wife is from a super small town up here and you know, we go see like the San Francisco MoMA or something in a big giant expedition. Like there's just no way you're going to get into those experiences and go to see cities, like just conveniently stop at a taco stand at the side of somewhere in LA, you know, like that's just, Trying to find a place to park with a truck that's twenty six feet long is a total pain. Yeah, no dude. Kidding. When I had my dually, yeah. I had a uh, my which my, was actually twenty six feet tall. It was twenty two. <laughs> it was twenty two feet long. Yeah, and it was at least twelve feet high with the rack. It was just over. It was eleven, 11 yeah. nine. Yeah, I think is what right it there. measured. Yeah, it was pretty tall. And I remember it was the Mondrian Hotel. It was somewhere right off Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, that's just how you cheat and so you get it parked out front because it won't fit anywhere. Dude, else. that's exactly <laughs> what happened. So I pull up and it's it literally in the front of the hotel. I was there to do interviews or something, and I hadn't intended to be up there that day. But it's the only I, I drove it to work. Sure, I go to park and I throw the guy. The, I'm getting out to give him the keys, and he looks at me like, "Get back in there." <laughs> 
and you, you park it. You park it, it buddy. Yeah. And so it's Bentley, Ferrari, Rolls. Stupid Dooley. Bentley. Yeah, whatever. And then he's like right there. And I'm I'm in front of the door. I just back it in. So with it I'm being a Dooley, over everyone. did you roll up on the Lamborghini right next to you? I really should have. It would have been like a speed bump. All attraction. Yeah. But it was wild. It was so cool. Like it's sitting right out there. But they didn't have any choice, you know? Um, hey, yeah, and a lot of places won't let you even park like that. So now you have all those valuable stuff from your trip in your vehicle and you're trying to street park it somewhere yeah. in the city that you're parked in and it's, it's a total pain and you're shuttling stuff to and from your hotel room. I parked in front of the, God, was it the Roxy or the Troubadour? We always joke about yeah, these, the Roxy, you know? yeah. but it was one of them and I had to park up on the sidewalk in the curb. Like it literally, in order to not hang out into the lane, because right there, I'm pretty sure it was Sunset right there. Oh, Sunset sucks. It there. was, yeah, towards West Hollywood. It's really narrow lanes because they're just built. And there's way buses back. going by. There are buses and oh, oh, and the Starlight Starlight Tours. You know, yeah. all the kids like where, going. Oh, where they look click at your that. your mirror off with the side of their bus. So I'm parked up. I'm I'm fully up on there, and the cops roll through, and they're like, "That's fine. You know, no big deal." It was. I thought for sure I was going to get a ticket. Anyway, we were talking about Tacomas, and I, yeah. I wanted to bring up the flight deck really quick because I think yeah, the flight deck's cool. I think that's a cool part that maybe a lot of guys don't know you for. So the GFC has a ton of really cool accessories. That's one of them. Yeah, and that's something that we're actively kind of working to continue development on. But the, the flight deck's a neat thing because nobody's really approaching the truck bed storage space as like. The, the thing where most people need a roof rack, especially for a pickup truck, is in the bed. So, like, if you're going off-road, if you're using your truck even for work, it's hard to find out how to store everything in a way that's secure. And especially if we're driven off-road hard with all of the gear in the back of your truck, stuff just ends up breaking because it moves so much. So, being able to lash stuff down securely was kind of the uh, the design concept around the flight deck. We actually did a big photo shoot up in Montana and I had my Raptor before we had a camper on the back and stuff. And we had all of our photo shoot gear in the back and everything just got thrashed because we're have no, basically no self-control when we're driving off road and <laughs> sliding corners and all that stuff. It's like the Yeti boxes and Pelican cases are like slamming back and forth and hitting all the crap and bending the inside of the bed rail. So that's kind of where the, the concept of the flight that came into being. So super light, super minimalist, uh, bed storage solution that you can still hit with a pressure washer at the, at the car wash. All of our campers are the same way. We want to make it so you can still use your truck for truck stuff. Because if you bought a Tacoma, you probably bought it to do Home Depot runs. You probably bought it to buy mulch for your wife in the garden. All that kind of stuff. So being able to clean the truck out in a way that isn't compromised. Because as soon as you start putting like wood floors and kitchens in the back of your truck, all of a sudden like you're cleaning it with like a sponge and a bucket, yeah. which is a really crappy experience. So being able to take the whole thing apart, including the tent area pull the mattresses out and just hit the whole thing with a pressure washer was our whole design use case. And, and the so, cool thing, I was going to say, the cool thing about the flight deck as well is the basically almost infinitely variable tie-down locations along the rails. So you can... Exactly. Two things for me that are cool. One is it elevates the floor of the bed so you can put bins underneath and that holds them down, right? Because the, there's like a false floor. Uh, the other thing is the tie-down, but it also lifts stuff up. So like if you've got a, a real deep bed, like on a F-150 or a Super Duty, and you want to put a fridge on top, or something, it's easier to reach because it's not down inside the bed. So that's a really cool uh, design feature. Uh, and, you know, I think one of my – I had taken my rooftop tent equipped jail through the car wash, and I posted a picture and tagged GFC and all these people. I'm like, hey, if in case you were curious, can a GFC go through the car wash? And sh- it sure did. And I had actually had a ton of response on that where people were like, oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. So – 
as excited as I am about that, you know where my interest lies with the Jeep platform. I'm super excited about the V2 platform tent, and maybe talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so that is pretty much the V2 camper upper assembly. All those same changes are being made to the RTT as well, so that rooftop tent. And the biggest change is weight. We haven't finalized a production unit in terms of just putting on the scale and weighing it, but I'm anticipating around a 20 to 25 pound, maybe a little bit more weight reduction. So we're to come down from like 130, 140 down to like probably right around a hundred pounds. That's if freaking, not just a touch over. That's freaking nuts. I mean, I'll tell it's you right cool. now, I mean, it's really light. I can, I can tell you my V1 RTT is a little bit heavier because I added a one inch uh, rubber uh, latex topper to my mattress. And then I've got bedding up there. And and a few doodads that are on the side, and you know, are you leaving? Forgive me. Are you yeah. leaving the bedding inside? I do. Yeah. How is there enough room? It just everything compresses down, which is nice because then when you go camping, but how you don't thick have to is pack. this thing? But how, I've seen so it on yours, the, and it's only like six inches. Yeah, six inches. So GFC has the the thinnest profile of all the uh, the the uh, platform campers, I guess, or okay. rooftop tents out there. The nice thing about the it, the shell is aluminum, right? Well, the, on the new one, okay. the V two, yeah. Okay. So, so the extrusions around the the border are aluminum. It's got the honeycomb panels, just like a a V one does. But that weight savings is huge because I, I'll tell you, when I put it on top of my Jeep, I was actually really worried because I've driven uh, a lot of Jeeps that have a James Barood, which is a fantastic rooftop tent. It's one of the best, but they're heavy, 170, 180 I'll pounds. Take your them up. <laughs> yeah, and you can feel it. And Jeeps are already sprung soft and going around corners. Yeah, totally. Uh, I was amazed that when I got my GFC up there, w- what a difference it was compared to other Jeeps I've driven with some of those you know tents that are approaching 200 pounds. And I've got videos on my uh, Jeep at ADV Jeep page where I've got the tent on it and I'm doing 50 miles an hour through the desert, no problem. You know, hucking over stuff and and it's just taking it and it's is literally made my adventures more fun, more comfortable. Um, I mount, you know, I've had my antennas mounted up there. I've got my doctor. I've literally went. You know how you get those old timey like bottle openers? Yeah. On the corner of my tent, I have a Dr Pepper bottle opener. Of course you do. So that everybody can walk by and pop their beers open and stuff like that. And they just, it's just, it's so versatile and it's so lightweight. I can't even imagine what it would be like if if GFC said, okay, V2, go drive it now. I would bet you almost don't even feel that it's up there. And another thing, too, that you'll be stoked about for the V2 RTT and, and the Superlight as well is we have a new air mattress that uh, the first batch is arriving this week, actually, that we designed ourselves Nice. that is um, adjustable. So you should be able to eliminate having that that secondary pad. Mattresses are such a tough thing because yeah. some people like a firm mattress, some people like a soft mattress. So the, really, the beauty of the inflatable um, kind of air foam hybrid is that people can really sight in exactly what they want. So if somebody wants a stiffer mattress, they can do that really easily by just adding more air. Um, and, and obviously, you, one of the biggest one of the biggest uh, mattress companies in terms of like the overlanding community that has a great reputation, I think, is like Mega Mat. They make a really comfortable one. And you guys went out and, and figured out how to make something really similar, but with your own GFC slant on it, right? Yeah, so it's designed specifically for our product, but it's actually sourced from the same fa- same factory in South Korea that Me- Mega Mat uses. Um, so that that is an internationally sourced product of ours. 
that it's 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 pretty much the premier inflatable mattress company in the world. It'll so and be worth it. Stuff for Nemo, Thermarest, everything. Oh my God, I'm I, I'm so excited to uh, try that thing out. By the way, uh, the uh, I like his what he's written here on the website. Yeah, created for dirt bags, <laughs> but approved by high maintenance campers alike. Let me just dirt bags. <laughs> I mean, it is pretty funny. Right, I mean, we came from the the off road motorcycle scene where like we're camping out of like cheap tiny ground tents relative to the fancy overland gear, and we really wanted to make stuff that wouldn't slow us down. Cause like when, like while I go to Baja or go on an adventure somewhere, it's like eating gas station food around a campfire and just having a good time. We're not like prima Donna overland, like, gourmet, you know what I mean? Exactly. So it's, we, we wanted to build something that would hold up to our abusive lifestyle, but still be comfortable for people that are like, wanted to go out and kind of maybe take their time and see the sides a little more. Hey, uh, regarding this mattress, dude, uh, is there anything to stop the air from going from one side to the other? So I, I've been camping a bunch, and when you're sitting on or laying on one of these air mattresses, it just, depending if, you, you know, if you're like Holman and I, you're heavy in the middle. You speak for yourself. So that part sinks down, and then it floats up, you know, like you're in a swimming pool or something. Is there anything, are there any this bladders is, no, inside? Listen, this isn't your traditional, like you blow it up and you can either throw it in the back of your mom's station wagon or a pool okay. to lay on. These are like high-end. Well, like, that's what I'm asking. So I'm thinking of like, yeah. a, you know those mats that go, that Holly makes, that go in your gas tank so it doesn't the gas doesn't slosh around? Is there? You need you, something so you don't slosh around. Yeah, Is that what you're yeah, saying? that's exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about, like a gas mat or something. <laughs> you know? Well, kind of something that does that exactly. It's an air foam hybrid. So what you see typically in like a backpacking and like if you go to REI, everything in there is more or less typically designed to get rolled up and then put into a backpack. And like 99% of people are never going to do that. So all of our camping products are designed specifically for the car use case application. So like our inflatable mattress is never designed to be rolled up and put into a backpack, which means we don't have to compromise on the durability of materials or kind of like the, the functionality. Cause like if you don't have any foam inside of your air mattress, you can roll it up way smaller and that footprint can fit inside of an algae or something like that. But for our product, it's got, a layer of foam so even if you were to like have an accident and pop it um maybe take it out and lay it on some cactuses and are drunk by the campfire and forget um you can still sleep on it and have a comfortable night's sleep which is really nice but the, the air is a, is a secondary stiffening basically structure that's added to it but it's not the only way that the mattress works so the, the mattress has enough foam inside of it that's inherently comfortable to begin with gotcha i'm curious going back to the the rooftop tents what customizations have you seen people do to them? And ooh, then, ooh, solar uh, panel. Solar panel, yeah. yeah. And, um, and I'm wondering, can they accommodate certain things? Like, let's say I want to hang something off of it. Can I drill a couple holes in the side and put nut certs in it in no, like a you quarter 20? No, you or, don't drill anything. What's wrong with you? Listen to me. I want him to tell me not to. That's why I'm asking. All right, tell them not to drill exactly. anything, Graham. <laughs> yeah, so we, we, have a, we have track extrusion all the way around it, so you can basically put place T-nuts that we manufacture and tie things in without having to drill holes or modify anything. So you yes, can you heard that right. Awnings. They manufacture their own T-nuts. Dude, I went to the yeah. place where they were in a bucket and I, I reached in 
and it was like sand at the beach. I had peanuts rolling through my fingers of <laughs> freshly machined. It was like it was a thing of beauty. It was just oh, yeah. Was, there's a, there's a joke it. in there. I'm not going to go for. <laughs> what about peanuts? Yeah, you rolling <laughs> with your hands. <laughs> <and nuts. laughs> oh jeez. But we have seen some really sketchy stuff. Uh, one customer <laughs> against our recommendation. So we have beef rack crossbars, which is like a roof rack for the camper and the tent. He mounted a hammock, um, like a deployable hammock, like what you'd put, like it, it folded up, but it's like kind of like a hammock you'd set up like in your backyard on top of the beef rack. But it was like literally held there's like two quarter 20 fasteners holding an entire swinging hammock for an adult on the roof of his car. So he's, I mean, first off, it's like we didn't design the roof rack to work in that way. And the way that he had it mounted, he only was able to get like, there was no road distribution. It was like one T-nut, one quarter 20 fastener with a swinging hammock. I bet that dude like, has a lot of good stories drinking. Dude, I saw that on the forum and I was just like, we do like a, a forum for our customers to share like tips and tricks and mods and stuff. And I saw that and I was like, I have to say like, we, we like, we're not going to please we would never endorse that, but we have to say, please never do this. Like this is so <laughs> dangerous. You have to stop. T- t- tell me it was the kind of really thick, heavy rope type of uh, hammock, you know, not the lightweight ones yeah. from camping, but the really thick rope ones. <laughs> it was like, it was like a deployable hammock that you can mount to your hitch and then it all unfolds and then has like a huge swinging hammock thing that you could like lay like one or two people in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's the kind with a crossbar that goes across the, to keep it yeah. wide. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, that's, that's exactly. insane. I still think my Dr. Pepper opener is one of the best GFC mods of all sure, time. I'm sure, sure, sure. All right, I have to get to the bottom of something. Actually, I already know the answer, but I feel like this is the perfect forum mm-hmm. where we can have Graham unpack a burning mystery in the go fast campers community oh mm-hmm. are you ready to tell everybody in the world the truth about truck parts dot part wait what tell them wait what say that again i want to know graham knows what i'm talking about i want to know truck parts dot part i want to know if graham is ready to to reveal the mysteries Behind truck parts dot part. Now wait a minute. Does that mean I need this? <laughs> is he breaking news? I don't know. Let's find out. Is he feel oh, admit to it? Chuck, well, there's a guy named Chuck T. Luck Parts here in town that has an aftermarket accessory company for GFCs. Huh. But, but that's all. That's all I know. Huh. Okay. I hear they make really great lighting kits if you uh, happen to be a GSA Wait, customer. now hold on a second. What's the whole backstory And here? by the way, though, oh, you know what we forgot to talk about? No, wait, stop. You just asked about truck parts. Graham, he... Graham is innovating this other company go. out of business. That was like a half-ass Gra- answer. Graham is like Apple. Check this out. Truckparts.parts makes a set of cylinder locks that will lock the upper and the lower pieces of your wedge tent together so that you don't get bummed sleeping in it when you're not there. <laughs> and Graham is going to crush whoever is involved with truck parts by part. Is going to crush them like the cockroach they are because you can get a locking mechanism on the new tent. Yeah, it's actually included stock. So that, that product <laughs> is now obsolete, which is great. Because <laughs> we don't want those kind of junk things being bolted onto our campers. You know what I mean? <laughs> Love it. Truth. Truth. <laughs> uh, so, it, uh, will GFC uh, be the purveyor of uh, camper lighting, or are you going to leave that to those third-party guys over at truckparts.part? 
that's the goal. But GFC definitely encourages third-party aftermarket. Um, I mean, Honda did a great job of building Civics, but they never built like rad civics carry bombing <laughs> yeah right you know or turbos um so like the goal for gfc is to build a really strong base product and the whole reason we call it our camper is the platform camper in the first place was because it's a platform for accessories so the goal is to have that thriving aftermarket so there's companies like gzilla designs um there's companies like kinsman awning Vernacular sound storage, um, Shitco. Yeah, um, I have Shitco is, on mine. Wait, wait, watch your language, no, no, that's guys. Two, it's two T's, so it's okay. Okay, and that's I a also have, word. I also have vernacular, and they make amazing sewn storage. Um, I actually one of my favorite things they make is the um, the dirty boot bag that hangs off. So basically, it's a shoe bag uh-huh. that folds in on itself, and you zip it up on the back of the camper. But uh-huh. when you crawl in and out, you take your shoes off. And you don't have to get your camper dirty. Is the shoe bag vernacular for Shitco? Uh, no, two different companies. Two okay. different companies. I'm, not, I'm so confused. Yeah. By the way, again, uh, yeah, so two like <laughs> companies that support uh, GSC products, and we, we definitely encourage that. And it's fun to have people be able to buy our base camper and then be able to and, like make it their own and personalize all these other aftermarkets. I mean, I've got so a, a sun- tuner community. I've got a Sunflare Solar 252 <laughs> watts of solar sitting on the top of mine. You know, it's just it's totally. awesome. I just uh, I love that thing. I, I think uh, I think people can hear it in my voice. I know I'm a big fan of it. Obviously, if you follow my my Jeep social page, you'll see um, there's just there's not a lot of Wranglers out there that that have that same look. And I think it's the, it's funny. I took it off the other day to adjust the top and and do a little bit of maintenance to uh, the rack system, and it looks naked. It absolutely looks super weird without the GFC on it now. Oh, and we should also point out that the new uh, rooftop tent uh, includes the wind fairing built into the design. You no longer have to buy the wind skid separate. Yeah, and the camper as well. And the big thing that I also want to make notice is that if you're looking to justify larger tires, the GFC makes all of your tires look very small because of the visual weight up high. So if you really want to like run 37s and your wife isn't really seeing the benefit, put a GFC on there. 35s look a little too small. They'll have to go to 37s, no question. I like that. I think that, I think that's good. I'll also say, just from firsthand knowledge, um, I've been tracking my mileage uh, when I first bought the Jeep, so it was completely slick. When I had a uh, uh, Rhino Rack Pioneer Rack on it, um, and the cool thing about the way we have the GFC platform tent mounted to it is there's no rack in between. There's just a couple crossbars, and so it's really low profile. I will tell you, not only is the GFC quieter than the platform, than the Pioneer Rack when it's on the Jeep, I'm guessing because it doesn't have slats and stuff for wind to go in and out of, but my fuel economy is actually better with the GFC, and I'm within one mile per gallon of my best slick top versus with a GFC on the top, and I would say that my mileage hit was probably only about one to one and a half. So I'm going to figure out all of my, my numbers at some point, and I'll post it up. But two things I was impressed of, how quiet the Jeep is with the uh, GFC on it, and also that it wasn't a massive fuel economy hit because it's such low profile. And I know those are things that people who are considering these things want to know. They want to know, is it going to be noisy? Is it going to ruin handling? I um, think probably- Especially on a Jeep. Yeah, uh, right, sure. There's no sound inflation. There's probably a fair amount of people that just assume you're going to get a- There's no nothing. Yeah. Nothing. It's, it's really quiet. There's no whistle. Of course, I've got the wind skid on mine. Um, and overall, man, I've, I've been stoked on it. It's, it's done probably awesome. since I picked it up at least two to 2,500 miles in the dirt. And I've put about oh, cool. 12,000 miles on the Jeep, maybe, maybe 11, something like that since we installed the, uh, the, the roof tent, so maybe a little bit less, maybe 9,000 actually. 
Um, and so I have a lot of, like, I've taken it all over. I've commuted in it. I've gone all over the place. I've, I've done crazy trails. I've articulated all over stuff. And it, everything's been a great system working together. I've been super stoked on Gr- it. Graham, how, how many people leave them on 24-7 as opposed to pulling them off or putting them on just on the weekends? Do you have any kind of idea? Cool. On the platform product line, virtually everyone leaves them on full-time. That's what they're designed to do. So when it's closed, it functions as a roof rack. So like with our B-flat crossbars, you could throw 500 pounds on the roof of that. So if you have like a welding project at home and you want to go to the steel yard and buy a bunch of, a bunch of sticks of metal, you can literally just throw it on the roof and drive home. So the goal is to have it have all the functionality, functionality of a roof rack but also be a place to sleep. Um, so with the platform line, it's designed to stay on all the time. I'd say it's a very rare use case that somebody takes it off ever. And with the, uh, with the super light, that's the one that's designed to come off and on. So the super light only being 80 pounds, having a really simple attachment system, like a guy and a girl can take it off really easily and throw it against the wall in their garage. It doesn't take up, take up any more space than like a card table. All right. Well, if you're uh, interested in uh, Go Fast Campers, interested in seeing the V2 uh, or the Superlight, head over to GoFastCampers.com or on Instagram at GFC underscore USA. And uh, if you want to uh, patronize the finest purveyor of GFC aftermarket accessories, uh, truckparts.part, you want to go check that out because you should. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you sure about that? Well, truck out. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, totally. totally hey, sure. uh, can I pay you some kudos for your uh, your awesome merch line? And this is where I butter oh. you up to try and get some t-shirts. <laughs> I had to drive up there <laughs> to get my hat and my, really? my sweatshirt. Dude, I'm digging the one. The uh, Big Evans family wagon is so <laughs> freaking rad. I want that shirt so bad. It's a, it's, it's I'm a, looking at them right now. Let's make it happen. It's a jacked, up, yeah, jacked up station wagon with a uh, with, <laughs> with a tent on top. It's so rad. So dope. Yeah. yeah, it's a Ford LTD wagon, basically. <laughs> with, so like, it's bitching. Big tires and an uh, integrated rooftop tent. I'm, uh, I'm wearing the uh, Baja bootleg hoodie right now, and Lightning wants to know the nice. story behind it. Oh, yeah. So on that, it's uh, Tom and Victor. So Tom is actually the purveyor of vernacular sound storage, the guy on the right. And then Victor was one of our early employees on the left. Good dude. And Tom had been tackled by a campfire somewhere in Mexico and did a bunch of damage over his eye, which is why there's like a big bloody gash on his face. That looked like, hold on, that is a gash. My God, that is gargantuan above his left eye. So So he took him out for, uh, for ice cream. (laughs) <laughs> and I forget what town it is in Baja with the with the uh, mission right in town, but <laughs> so that was taken out there on a on a trip to Mexico testing new products. All right, well I'll send you the uh, the shipping address and no, I'm, I'm I'll, super stoked. I'll, I'll, don't worry, I'll send it to him. No, you won't. I will. No, you won't. You're I gonna will. send him your address, of course, because don't do that. You already got merch. I want a couple new ones. Listen, because I don't have fresh. A, I don't have a truck to put his <laughs> camper on right now, so the best I can do is rep him. You know, uh-huh. like with some apparel. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't worry, I, I got you handled. <laughs> Dude, I, I, appreciate do not, that. I do not trust you at all, Holman. <laughs> well, I don't know why you said that. Graham, you are the man for checking in with us again. Congratulations on the continued success. Obviously, GoFest Campers is just killing Blowing it. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, thanks for your time, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and uh, anytime you want to come back on, we love rapping with you, man. So uh, hopefully I'll get a chance to talk to you soon. And maybe one of these days I know you've been talking about getting uh, some sort of like unofficial event to go camping somewhere with some uh, GFC uh, pros and family or whatever, but let me know if you go because I'd, I'd love to join you guys. Absolutely, man. No, we're trying to work on kind of more regional um, ability to put on events and just dealing with COVID, you know, yeah. oh, um, sure. and trying not to be not to be a bad steward of that. But yeah, I can't wait to get back out and get our community all back together. Awesome. 
We miss you. We miss the uh, we miss the guys. And uh, I'll tell you right now, lightning. Uh, you will never sleep in my in my tent. I know that. You told me that on several occasions. I just want to make sure. I didn't want you to think that this interview with Graham was an invitation to snuggle. No, no, no. I. Uh, it's it's funny because after the last time we spoke, I yeah. went in my garage uh-huh. and I know exactly where my ground tent is. Perfect. All right. So I can get it at a moment's notice. I can throw it in the back of your Jeep. Want to go camping? You'll sleep up top. I'll sleep on the ground. All right, I'm ready to go. Let's go. But I am very interested. Dude, we could. You know what? We could get a super light on the Mini Cooper. Wait a minute. Hold on. Stop. Easily. Yeah. No, are you joking? No, the super light will fit on the Mini Cooper. I'm calling BS. Wait, wait, stop. Are you serious? Oh yeah. Hundred percent. He's literally got a tear welling up in his left eye right now. I'm wow. Thinking of the beauty of it. I mean, you know, that thing would be pretty rad with the. Alabama Hills, Moody Flats Road, all the access to those campsites, no issue. Yeah. I mean, except it's lowered and has low-profile tires. It does. It is lowered and doesn't you know have low-profile tires. The cool tires, thing about it is you can go to downtown Los Angeles, pull up to a meter near the homeless guys, and then just show them, off, show, show them up. Dude, it would look so cool. Right in. <laughs> I've always loved the racks on minis. You don't see them very often. And to have a tent up there uh-huh. would... So in that particular case, it's just going to bolt onto my drip rails, but... Well, How, you use a crossbar, and then there's a universal mounting mechanism that gets the tent onto whatever the crossbars that you have, mm-hmm. and it's 80 pounds. Super but easy it will, to take it, it but no, but it will. The whole structure will support my chubby fat ass. I mean, yep. the 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 car itself, much, much like that chair oh, you're sitting in. Listen, I know that the Go Fast Campers is strong enough, but yeah. I'm worried about the structure of the roof of the, the mini. Car. Yeah. Well, that's you know that's not Graham's problem. He's just talking about his tent. Well, he's not going to sell me something that he knows will cave in my he car. He was going to get you one, so you just what, have a, what year is your what year is your mini? Oh five, oh five, R fifty three. Oh five. So it's so it's the, the early gen. Yes, correct. Supercharged. Yeah. So you just need to look up the static and dynamic load ratings of the factory roof rack, and then. Uh, like for crossbars like Yakima or Thule or Rhino Rack or Front Runner, if somebody makes something for that, they'll have those uh, load ratings published. And by uh, but, static uh, and dynamic, uh, you mean he can't roll around a lot at night on top of it? <laughs> 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 yeah, wow. you take a lot of like, uh, muscle relaxants, you'll be fine. <laughs> wow, this, is, uh, this took a turn for me right now. I've got a genuine <laughs> mini roof rack. Hold on. Oh, see. look, now he's the already on his looking it up. Yeah, All right, listen. There you go. Uh, Graham, Graham doesn't need the backstory of you looking up roof bars for a thing. He's a very busy man. He's got uh, a mm-hmm. company to oversee. No, no, so. no. He's going to remain on hold as I, uh, as I look at <laughs> this up because I'm really excited. No, I'll let you go. Graham, you're awesome. Thank you very much. Congrats, and we will check in with you soon. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Right. Talk soon. Talk right. soon. Bye. See ya. Holman, have you heard? No. <laughs> you can't do that. No. It's got to be like this. No. Oh, hold on. No. Exactly. It's time for some truck news. Yes. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Ah! That was pretty good. Yeah, that was tight. There was a uh, lingering echo that uh, went out in the I'm going to go see lingering echo after this show. They're playing uh, in the park next door. Yeah, it's an outdoor show because of COVID. Uh, it's not like a synth pop band. Very uh, 80s-esque. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ready to get in some news? Uh-huh. Uh, uh, what do you got? You want me? Uh, can I go first? Uh, you go first. Okay. Yeah. And then I'll follow up with a second story. Okay. Yeah. Uh, allegedly. Allegedly. 
There's some news coming uh, next week. So this is unsubstantiated rumor uh-huh. talk. Of uh, the next generation Ford Raptor, which uh, Ford has been heavily invested in beating uh, the pants off of TRX. And uh, You think they're just sweating it up over there? Well, allegedly, there will be a supercharged 5.2-liter V8 from the GT500, <laughs> which we've heard that rumor before. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is uh, one of the Internet's uh, YouTube videos says 760 horsepower. Oh, my God. I don't believe it. Well, where would the internets get that? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the thing of magic internet dust. Uh, I think they huh. certainly want to beat the 702 and the TRX. But a liter less and 58 horsepower more? I don't know. Pretty high strung. Twin superchargers, maybe? I don't know. Uh-huh. But we will find out soon. All I'm saying here is uh, one of these uh, little internet sites... Uh, 760. That's the highest that I've heard. I've also heard. Is this is this internet site? Uh, well, it's, a YouTube, will... it's a YouTube video. It's okay. a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I what do you think they're getting it? They're making it up. What do you think? Oh, you think strength just bogus? Oh, yeah, because they're trying to get all the clicks right. One hundred percent bogosity. No okay, got it. Yeah, I mean, we'll find out soon. Uh, I just I don't know that it's going to be that number. But, I, are they just saying in this article or this video? They're just saying here's what we think it will be. Or are they saying? We have it on, you know, we heard a rumor or what, how are they prefacing it? It's, I mean, at this point it's all rumor. You okay. can say whatever you want. It's it's the internet. Okay. All I'm saying is we'll know soon. Very soon. I don't know what it is yet, but I will, maybe by the next show might know something. All I can hear is embargo. Well, there's a little bit of that. Is there really? You know, okay, hold on a second. Let me get to the bottom of this. You know something's coming, but do you know what it is, or do you... No, I know something's coming. I know what the timing is. I can't do anything with it yet. And I don't know until I know, and then I'll share <laughs> after the embargo when it's okay. Embargo. All right, go for your news. Okay, so uh, GM is responding to those who are have been critical of the new lowercase GM logo. Uh-huh. So people like Bastro.nut saying, Bass, terrible. Bastro.nut. Bastro.nut is saying like, he, he tweeted at him, he goes, hey, old school logo is perfect. Yeah. Why do you got to mess with it? And General Motors official account came uh-huh. back with, at Bastro.nut, today is about so much more than a logo. This is about creating excitement oh, for an all electric Zero emissions future. Can you tell how this is? What's not to like about that, Bastro Nut? This is full-on marketing fluff. So then Tattooed Trailblazer comes back and says, I'm a bow tie fan till I die. I still hate this freaking logo. Don't change something classic. Yeah. And then General Motors, uh-huh. in a uh, moment of incredible creativity, came back with, at Tattooed Trailblazer. This is about so much more than a logo. This is about creating excitement for an all-electric, zero-emissions uh-huh. future. Uh-huh. What's not to like about that? But then yeah. things got wild. Can I tell you a story real quick? Things got wild. Then, then then, Book Hador. Yeah. Book Hador said, but we, we love the old logo uh-huh. with, with sad face then where let he's me crying. Guess. GM came back. GM, no, no. And now, this one was totally different. Oh, okay. Totally unexpected. Right, right. And then General Motors, of course, comes back. In a moment of clarity, of course. Absolutely. Uh-huh. At Bookador. 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 Uh-huh. Today is about so much more than a logo. Uh-huh. This is about creating excitement 
Uh-huh. For an all-electric, zero-emission right. future, what's not to like about that? So they have one ca- – look at this page. They just kept repeating it over and over and over again. Yeah, and let, me, like, let me tell you a story. Sure, sure. Let me tell you a story. One of my favorite stories that I ever heard when I was a camp counselor that I ever told as a camp counselor in Boy Scouts. It was a dark and stormy night aboard a freighter when the captain asked – his first mate, would you like to hear a story? And the first mate replied, yes. And the captain began. It was a dark and stormy night aboard a freighter when the captain asked his first mate, would you like to hear a story? The first mate replied, yes. And the captain began. It was a dark <laughs> and stormy night aboard a freighter. Are I mean, we, that's basically are, are what General Motors of, did. Are we in a hall of mirrors, like I, in a funhouse, or what? This is that. This is that classic moment that you've been waiting for all your life when you got your first set of mirrored sunglasses and you get pulled over by the highway patrol, and he comes up to the window with mirrored glasses, and you've got mirrored glasses, and there's a never-ending reflection. And for a moment, there's a moment of brotherhood until you realize you're both on different sides of that reflection, and then you go to jail. <laughs> okay. well, that's depressing alright well moving on to other weird corporate automotive things um, Stellantis have you heard yeah so Stellantis is Atlantis with a st yeah and I don't know I don't get it why uh, do we know the history of the name yet the history of the name the name just started No. how did they make up Stellantis it's like Atlantis but not this is the giant consortium now of Peugeot and uh, Fiat Chrysler, yep. and Ram got sucked into this thing. Everybody, but, uh, it's Abarth, Alpha, Chrysler, Citroen, Dodge, DS, Fiat, Citroen, uh, Jeep, Lancia, Maserati, Opel, Peugeot, Ram, and Vauxhall. All just into this new, it now makes them the fourth largest automaker in the world. Uh, they are no longer FCA. They are now... Stellantis. Um, it's a 50-50 merger agreement. The new uh, company will be headquarters in Amsterdam. And it sounds like something you would take a pill for. Or it sounds like the name of a pill that you would see on TV while watching Judge Judy. Well, I'm trying to Take get... Stellantis. It will clear up all your warranty concerns. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got shingles. And the way well, yeah. to make it go away is by With... taking two Stellantis pills. Yeah, I mean, when they said the name for the first time, it was like... <laughs> was that your stomach growling? Really? <laughs> uh, so the company has 400,000 employees now, a presence in more than 130 countries with manufacturing in 30. Wait, they have as many employees as, as some small countries. Uh, they do. The group plans to have 39 electrified vehicles available by the end of 21. And the name, which is actually not a new drug that's on the market that you would take to clear up a rash, uh, actually means... Or could be interpreted as of that which is beset with stars. Hmm. Yeah, that's weird. Stellantis. Starlantis? Stel- no, it's not Starlantis. It's Stellantis. Looking way too deep into this. All right, enough of that topic because who cares? Hey, Holman, have you heard? Mm, maybe. How about new? No? Okay, no. Okay. It's rumored that the uh, new Hummer commercial will not debut during Super Bowl, as planned. Why do we care? 
I think we were finally looking forward to uh, seeing the big Super Bowl announce. We were? I, were we not? I thought. I, okay. Hummer what? I mean, they did it last the year EV, with LeBron. Yeah. Yeah, but it would. But with the, with the LeBron thing, it was like short and and sweet, and now it would be something. Yeah. More they are, they already availed it. They already had a commercial on it, so it's like really you're gonna spend Super Bowl money to show us something we've already seen. Well, they're not, is what I'm saying. No. Now. Well, then maybe they got smart. Okay. Hey, did you hear? Oh no! Our no. buddy uh, Mike A just sold his company. Mike A. Mike Alexander just got sucked up uh, by a uh, by a bigger company, bigger fish. Sure. So he owns Flow Air Ride, yep. which makes those really cool uh, CNC these billet aluminum yep. air tanks. Yep. So it was basically for a while it was him and Accuware making these tanks, and then Accuware, of course, goes out of business. Now you and I spoke to the guys that are not. Who bought them? But yep. get, getting back to so, hopefully we will see those endo tanks back on the market again. But in the meantime, Mike Alexander has his Flow Air Ride company, and they just either merged or were purchased. Well, no, they were. It sounds like they were uh, purchased by Airlift. By Airlift. So Airlift makes the the basically helper airbags that go like inside your coil springs or airbag systems and stuff like that. They make uh, yeah coilover kits for a lot of import cars. Oh yeah. Airlift does a lot of that stuff, for sure. So it uh, sounds like they also took uh, the rights to Slammed Magazine, which was uh, one of uh, Mike A's deal. And then Mike's going to move on. I guess he's going to be the brand manager for uh, Airlift Performance. So oh, good, good for him. him. Yeah. We should and get him on the show and maybe he, talk about it. Uh, he is coming up. As a matter of fact, I DM'd him on Instagram earlier today. And he said and no. He's, nope, he's in. He didn't say no. <laughs> no, he did not. He said, I'd be happy to. Or and I said he... I, I do a show with this guy named uh, Sean Holman, uh-huh. and uh, he went, that guy no, yeah no, no he no. Uh, no he's fond of you and he's going to be on the show so good for him. Would he, he s- use that? Would he say he's fond of me? No, he didn't say that at all. I <laughs> was just, just trying to be nice to you and yeah, uh, I figured he's okay. familiar with you. Uh, we, we uh, yeah we were magazine guys back in the day, mm-hmm. and he went on to uh, be an entrepreneur, and I'm still here. <laughs> Did you hear? No. Did you see? No. Uh, We just announced our four-wheeler of the year winners for four-wheeler of the year 21, both in the SUV and pickup truck category. Uh, No surprises. The Ram TRX beat out everything. Okay. And uh, is our four-wheeler pickup truck of the year. And uh, it's hard to imagine that it wouldn't have been because it does everything well. It's an amazing truck. And all of our judges, what's different about the four-wheeler test is this isn't a Hall of Fame ballot. A lot of other magazines, if you didn't know, they go out and drive and do some testing and stuff, and then they do a Hall of Fame ballot. Whoever has the most first places gets the award. We actually let the data tell us who uh, who gets the award based on all of our testing, a lot of empirical. And then we have some subjective, some objective, all mixed in. And it was a pretty big lead just because it's such a great truck. It beat out the uh, Jeep Gladiator Mojave, the Jeep Gladiator Rubicon, the Nissan Titan Pro 4X, and also the GMC Canyon AT4. And uh, all those trucks uh, held their own, were from different classes and all good in their own right. But the TRX was just such a beast this year and uh, it just uh, kicked butt. And then on the SUV side, we had the uh, Toyota Sequoia. Uh, I know know it's an older platform, but it was equipped with the new TRD Pro suspension. So that was uh, some changes. Four-wheeler, since we uh, focus on off-roading, suspension changes are enough to uh, make a vehicle, older vehicle eligible. So we had the Toyota Sequoia um, TRD Pro. We had the Land Rover Defender 110. The... Chevy Tahoe Z71 with the new uh, independent rear suspension and its stablemate, the GMC 
Yukon 84. How did you like that uh, rear suspension? Well, do you want to guess first which of those four vehicles won? GMC, Chevy, Toyota, Land Rover. Four-wheeler of the year. Land Rover Defender. You might think so, but uh, the uh, Land Rover had a couple issues on our test, including the screen turning off for mm-hmm. quite a while, which all of the four-wheel drive controls are controlled through. So while it's, it, it is an incredibly competent and capable off-road, we thought that the design didn't really what didn't really excite us. So bit. you were hitting the slamming your finger on the screen, and it said. Try again. No, it was just black. It didn't even say that. Totally oh. dark. Um, the blind spots on the highway aren't great. It's a great highway cruiser. It's, it's it's fine in that route. But we couldn't give the award to something where the technology was buried in a screen that actually failed on us on the test. Eventually, it did a reset, and they all came back. But uh, when you can't, when there's no physical buttons to activate the systems that you want to use when you're in the backcountry, it's it's sort of a big deal. What did the manufacturer rep? say when you uh, broke that news? Nope. Uh, in fact, uh, Motor Trend had the same vehicle with the same problem oh. on their test. And, it and won, again- It won their test. Uh, oh. It, it worked for Motor Trend. I, I guess. They the same mm. vehicle. I was told that they uh, they experienced similar issues on that vehicle, but I guess it still overcame in a lot of other categories. Uh, so what's interesting is we got identical GMC Yukon AT4 and an identical Chevy Tahoe Z71- both with the exact same drivetrain, 5.310 speed. Um, but the difference that we found out later is we couldn't understand. On the ramp, the GMC had more articulation and crawled f- uh, further up our 20-degree uh, uh, articulation RTI ramp. And on a big sandstone uh, climb, the Chevy couldn't make it up, but the GMC could. And we just what? couldn't figure out how two identical vehicles were so different. It turns out that the AT4 actually includes the ELSD, an electronic limited slip uh, in the back, and that made all the difference. So we actually sent a, a note off to GM's uh, engineering and said, why are these two vehicles that are otherwise identical, uh, what is the issue with them? And uh, why is this one better than this other one? We found out that was the difference. Um, and I'm pretty impressed with the IRS platform. It handles really nicely. It's really good on the highway, and it's pretty capable off-road. The nice thing about the AT4 is you still get skid plates and tow hooks. You get the ELSD. You get a more aggressive tire. Um, they reshape the front bumper, so you have more of an approach angle. So for the family where a Jeep is too small or a midsize truck might be too small and a pickup might be too big and you need that full-size capability, it's going to be a, a definitely a nice choice to – go a little further maybe in the national parks or the backcountry while still having some towing capability, still has V8 power, and we thought it was the best overall vehicle in our test. So it was our choice for uh, the 2021 four-wheeler of the year. No gongs on that. <laughs> What's wrong with you? It wasn't a gong. It was more of like, we have spoken. Oh, then do it again. Okay. All right, one last thing uh, you may have heard. Top Gear America. From Motor Trend, just launched on January 29th, and you can go to uh, MotorTrendOnDemand.com and start a seven-day free trial. It's $4.99 a month. After that, you can cancel anytime if you want to check out Top Gear America. And uh, the relaunch of this version is something we've been working on for over a year here at Motor Trend. Yes. And uh, includes uh, Dax Shepard, Rob Cordry, Jethro Bovington, so you can follow all the uh, motorized mischief and supercharged adventures of Dak Shepard, Rob Cordry, and Jethro Bovington. Again, you can uh, start your seven-day free trial. Check it out. Uh, I have not seen the first episode 
yet, but I've been told it's really good. So uh, hopefully this weekend I'll have some time to uh, to watch the first one. But uh, I guess the chemistry with the guys is really good and should, supposed to be a lot of fun. So we've been working on it for a long time. COVID kind of slowed all that stuff down. And I think everybody here at Motor Trend is excited for that to launch. So if you're a, a car nut and you like uh, crazy uh, car guys doing car things that you will probably find illegal in your neighborhood. And truck things. They do truck, truck stuff too. Yep. 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 Head over to MotorTrendOnDemand.com, sign up, or you can do it off the MotorTrend app. You can download that, of course, from uh, the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. The seven-day trial, when that runs out, it's like 3 bucks a month, isn't it? Four ninety nine. dollars Yep. $5 a month. Yep. And you get- You understand that that's less expensive than like- A cup of coffee at Starbucks. Yeah. We have uh, over 8,000 episodes of car shows on MotorTrend now. 8,000. That'll keep you busy for a while. Based on our listeners' habits of uh, binging, I think that would take some of them just like two, three days to burn through. So that's five bucks. Bargain. <laughs> hey, Holman, our uh, inboxes runneth overfloweth right now. Then we should read some emails. You email? Yeah. I email. Do it. We email. That's right. Everybody email. Type it up. You email. Proofread. I email. Send it. On point right there. Yep. Unlike the, uh, yeah, buddy slash yeah, brother. <laughs> well, speaking of which, uh, I've got an email here from our local street sweeper, Brandon. Uh-huh. Uh, Holman's Big Day, it oh. says here. Sorry to ruin your day, Holman, but please go listen to the moment you nailed the jingle at the end of the last episode. Oh, I heard it. Turns out you said, buddy, instead of Brother. No, I'm just going to say I think that's an acceptable substitution. Anyways, keep trying. Maybe one day you'll nail it. Probably not, though. Nope. Uh, Jacob Boone. Sorry, Holman, but you may have got the timing right on the last jingle, but you got the words <laughs> wrong, brother. On the upside, your name for the tea box was way better than the uh, truck toolbox. A very disappointing name. Either way, still want a deck system, just need a newer truck. We'll have to just wait till after I get back from basic training. And then uh, Jacob also adds... Uh, one last thing. Uh-oh. Lightning, let Holman have his food moments. It's easier to listen to one podcast about multiple subjects than find one about smoking meat. Sit back, take notes, and quit interrupting. Starting to think we need to replace Lightning with high temp. Dude has way better energy about him. It might be a better show. Lightning doesn't bring a lot to the show these days. Like Holman said, he's a Debbie Downer. Lightning's age is showing. Can't remember about stuff at night. Jeez. <laughs> you know, it's, Jacob loves you. It's all a good fun. I mean, it's no, all true, too. No, that's fine. It's still you funny. Can, you can finish out the rest of the show. Okay. All right, well, let's see how uh, on it you are, Mr. Uh, badass Attitude. You ready? Uh-huh. Yep, all right, ready. here we go. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five, 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 five stars. Five stars. Right back at you, brother. <laughs> I misfired because I was right on time. I was right on time and I misfired because you crinkled something over there. It took me off my game. Yes, I'm sitting here again. watching. Are Do you, it again. Are you mental? I don't Do even have a piece of paper around me. No, there was a noise over there that distracted me because you saw me. I was ready at exactly that moment. I was Go. staring at you and you've totally Go. Flubbed. Do it again. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five, 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 five stars. Five stars. Right, right back at you, brother. Brother. Ah, oh, damn, no! it, damn it, damn it, damn oh, it. No, 
no, you never get it right. Failed so hard. Uh, all right, I guess I'll try again next episode. I do like the ding though. Uh, no, stop it. Next episode, I'll get it. One of these days. <sighs> Squatted trucks is the subject line from Trevor. Lightman and Hallboy. Wait, 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 wait. I'm Holman and you're Lightning. How did you become Lightman and then I became Hallboy? <laughs> Hallboy. If anything, I should be called Hallning. Uh, by his by his yeah. own logic. I don't I don't I don't know. Whatever. And is it hall or is it hall? Like I'm hauling something? H A double L hall boy, like hall. Like I'm monitor. a hall monitor? Yeah, 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 no, you can't go to the bathroom. The teacher is still in session. Yeah. Uh what are your opinions on squatted trucks? I'm from South Carolina and they're really popular around here. I have a pretty quote unquote level twenty ten Tahoe L T Z on what size wheels? Twenty sixes. Twenty six by twelve. Yeah, I knew it. And 37s, by the way. Oh, man. Five stars. How Five stars find... review. Five stars. How did you find 37s on 26s? Let me see a picture of that thing. Right here. Those you are know what's 37s funny about, on you know what's 26s. Funny about that? Yep. Is he actually has some sidewall still. I I kind of don't mind this look right here. That's cool. I love the wheels. Maybe it'll be at Daytona Truck Meet. This is, uh, oh, yeah, if you're at Daytona, we'll check is you out. June 11th through 13th or something like that? I am thinking about... Uh, Picking up a uh, an old Tahoe for my son, who's about to turn 16, and then tell him how much it costs and then not buy it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you should uh, buy it for him. And then what you do is um, you make him pay you for it and charge him interest. He won't. No. He'll go, I'd rather just skateboard, dude. Yeah. Wouldn't care. Uh, Greg Madden sends one here. He says, I listen. He says, I listen to my home office while working. I cannot stand the silence, so podcasts are great. I also have to travel from time to time, and I'll listen then. Love the show. Five stars. Five star review. Five stars. And a Mini Cooper is not a truck, just saying. And that's uh, Greg Madden from Rock Hill, South Carolina. I agree. Nice surprise, subject line from uh, Mr. Grainer. So the Instagram Live was a nice surprise. Then I watched the decked video. I left a five-star review. I hope that helps. It Appreciate does. all you guys do to keep us entertained and providing valuable content. I have even turned off my normal morning show for your new shows. Wow. Well, that's enough nice stuff. Mounter, monitor, key, pair-o-meters. He wrote it all as individual words. That's why it's hard <laughs> to say. And roll coal and drag those truck nuts. Love the show. Five stars. Five star review. Five stars. I think Emmy needs her own five-star emoji. Jay should work on that. Jason, sent for my iPhone. All right, got uh, one from Lenny. Decked haiku entry. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is Lightning and Holman. Here is the winning entry for the Deck Toolbox Haiku Contest. Ready? Uh, yeah. Truck show podcast rocks. Only thing better would be a new decked toolbox boom dude right on lenny lenny i mean you didn't win anything because we don't have a contest going on but damn that was good uh i expect more haikus from you people damn it and uh lenny says uh here's my shipping info from jewelton tennessee i might maybe i'll add him in the t-shirt pile lenny write us back tell us what your t-shirt size is and maybe at some point i'll just go get you handled i think i'm gonna go get some flat rate you know postal boxes you don't need that. You can get the bags for free from the post office. They will give you the actual no, no, pouches. No, but don't you prepay for one? or can't, Don't they have the prepaid ones? You just buy it? It's more expensive than actually just getting the soft pouch. 
Yeah, but then I have to go deal with postage. I just want to grab a box, throw a shirt in it, put it in the thing. You're going to spend more money. It's $5 it's as for, opposed to like for my $1.75. My people. I know. Listen, you've been sitting behind you is a box two feet tall of T-shirts. Uh-huh. We haven't sent any of them out. I know because we don't have a shipping department here right now because of COVID. We but haven't been in this office for, well, for a year. Why would you spend $5 a, a shirt? Uh-huh. Because I'm only going to send like three of them out. Uh-huh. Then we're going to te- – the, the, the 175 people that want one won't get them. Yeah, but he wrote a haiku. So if anyone writes a haiku, do they get one? I mean, until my budget is no longer favorable. Maybe. Oh, that's three shirts then. <laughs> that's what I said. I'm only saying three shirts. You're awful. All right. Well, uh, How dare you. Write us a haiku or, or don't. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. That is truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. Oh, oh. I wonder if you said Truck Show, Truck Show. And then you went, whoa, 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 whoa. And then truck show, truck show, if you can make a haiku out of it. I wonder how many people in our audience truck show, know truck what a haiku is. Five, seven, five. They know. Otherwise, we wouldn't be getting emails from people saying, here's my haiku. Oh, you got one email from a, two, one dude. Two. Two. Okay, two. Send we have, your we haikus. Have, we have tens of thousands of listeners, and you got two haikus. Truckshowpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> or, of course, you can find us on the socials at... LBC Lightning at Sean P. Holman or at Truck Show Podcast. And of course, uh, anybody who wants to leave a verbal haiku can do so on the Truck Show Five Star Hotline, 657 205 6105. Of course, it's not just about haikus. You can leave any sort of message that you want. We'll play the ones that are favorable to the show. 657 205 6105 is the Five Star Hotline. All right, I guess uh, this is the end of episode 159, so this is the point where we say thank you to Nissan for being with us for, geez, almost three years. We're coming up on our third anniversary. we got to do something with that. What do you do on your three-year anniversary? I don't know. Is it coal yet, or is it... Coal? <laughs> yeah, it's coal. Maybe it's ribbons. Uh-huh. Ribbons. Um, Here, you, uh, you thank Nissan while I look up what the third anniversary is. All right, so Nissan, you're awesome. We appreciate you hanging with us all these years. And yeah, uh, if you guys are looking cake. for... It, fruit cake? No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if you're in the market for a, uh, a brand new badass Titan truck, head down to your local Nissan dealer or go to NissanUSA.com. Five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, the best in the business. The 5.6-liter Endurance V8 not only sounds super badass and throaty, but will rocket you back in your seat. And it's uh, it's a blast to drive. And it's the uh, most standard V8 horsepower in its class, 400 horsepower with 413-pound feet of torque. And when you're driving out of the Nissan dealer, you'll pull over for lunch and open your phone and go to decked.com where you're going to order up your brand new decked toolbox. Because, listen, on the construction site, you don't want your Makita circular saw, your cordless drill and all that other stuff getting stolen out of that crappy toolbox, that steel one that's already been pried open twice by thieves. You're going to get the brand new decked toolbox, which is made out of crazy impregnable... I can't even say it. Impregnable? No. Impregnable? Impregnable. That's not... No, we're both saying it wrong. Hey, by the way... Hard to break into is what I'm trying to say. Third anniversary? Uh-huh. Leather? (laughs) Oh, my God. No, but think about it. Just like those supple leather seats uh, in the Nissan Titan. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm going back to Nissan. They're well, I'm trying to stay on deck, okay? Okay, well, they You're don't have leather. leather. Yeah. They don't have leather. They do have ballistic nylon, though. 
Mm-hmm. They do in their in their backpack. Yeah, some awesome plastic that, by the way, uh, will not warp in the sun. No, the decked toolbox is badass. So if you're in an industry that requires you to keep tools or anything valuable in the back of your truck, look at the new deck toolbox at deck.com. Or go to the Motor Trends uh, YouTube page. You can watch us knuckleheads tell you all about it. And last but not least, we have our friends over at Duralast Parts. More technicians choose Duralast brakes. You can check out the Duralast brake pads, Duralast gold brake pads, or the Duralast elite brake pads with better than OE performance, especially for fleet. And they have a new additional transfer layer. The new advanced signature hex coating provides an additional transfer layer Delivering smooth stops, low dust, and boost stopping power, the unique patent-pended coating is superior to competitors' abrasive painted metal or coated strips, providing better protection and premium stopping for the life of the brake pads. You can head over to DuralastParts.com or, of course, to your local AutoZone. Sir, come out with your pants up. Come out with your pants up. We have a warrant for your arrest for impersonating a truck show podcast co-host. Also, driving a Mini. Also, being unintentionally offensive, interrupting Holman, and making false statements about the validity of Dr. Pepper and smoking meat on the show. Sir, you're going to have to come with me. This call will be recorded and monitored. I have a collect call from Lightning. an inmate at a San Bernardino County detention facility. If you would like to accept this and future collect calls, please press... Lightning, you will rot in jail until Holman's truck is completed. But don't worry. I hear the mystery meat is to die for. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Motor Trend Group. This podcast was created and produced by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan of the Truck Show Podcast, we encourage you to visit and patronize our sponsors. 